Michael has contributed two of the most iconic characters in the history of American television with Omar and with Chalky White. What we are actually getting to witness in his young career, we're going to see a lot more, is like one of the great American actors giving voice and giving flesh to uh, characters that most people would have never given the same humanity to, of giving, uh, opening a window to a world of men that we pass by or don't know about. It's one of the most innovative portrayals on television uh, in, in our generation, and I, it was an honor, an honor for me to even share the screen with him. One of the greatest moments I've ever had in my career was the scenes that I did with Michael. He's a very special man, very special artist, and what art is to the community, thoughts are to the individual. It's the place where we reflect on who we are, and he has opened up a window of reflection to people who may pass people on the corner that they would have never given humanity to, that he has made people think twice and give humanity to these men, and that's classic American television history right there, Michael K. Williams. You are now listening to the QD Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? Well, come and get it, What's up, everybody? You're listening to the QE Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Egga on the other line. Egga, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the QE Podcast. Today, we are joined by a close friend of mine, a fellow UF student. Uh, Sean Humphrey. Give it up for Sean Humphrey, everybody. Yes, sir, bro. Glad to have you on, my nigga. Glad to have you on. Sean, bro, if you can just give a say a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you're into, and your social medias. Okay, word, word, word. Well, as they said, my name is Sean Humphrey. Uh, I'm from Melbourne, originally from San Antonio. So, yeah, I'm a Spurs diehard. Like, that's what it is. Um, my social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore Humphrey2. That's S-H-A-W-N underscore H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y and then two. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. We've been talking about me hopping on here for a while, like months. <laughs> yeah. I'm finally sitting in front of these people. Like, you know, let's 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 roll. Like, let's yeah, man, we were supposed to have Sean on back on the NBA draft. I think I asked him to come on with the NBA free agency. Wanted to talk about the Spurs. We all had to bring him on to talk about this Cowboys game. We're going to preview uh, NFL week one. We're going to have our NFL predictions, award predictions, division winners. We're going to talk about the crazy week of college football as well. And we're also going to talk about uh, remembering Michael K. Williams and some other entertainment topics. But first, I do want to start off with Michael K. Williams straight off the bat. Um, we lost a great one today. Lost a great actor on, I want to say we lost him on Sunday. Uh, powerful human being, one of the greatest actors I've ever seen personally on The Wire, also in Lovecraft Country. Uh, you got him in the Boardwalk Empire. I just want to just go through the panel and just ask, like, how will you guys remember Michael K. Williams? Uh, I'll remember him mostly from his uh, role as Montrose on Lovecraft Country. I felt like he played a great role as Tick's father. Um, I didn't really get a chance to watch The Wire that much, uh, but I really do want to get into it because I've heard by so many people, including you, stating that this is one of the best shows like ever. 
So I definitely want to dive into it more. I've seen him in a few other movies as well, like throughout um, the last decade or so. So he's had a few special appearances in other films as well. But I will mostly remember him as the role of Montrose. So R.I.P. to a, a very young, very great actor, man. He was only 54 when they found him in, in his New York apartment on Sunday. Uh, they they said it might be to due to possible drug overdose there. I don't think yeah. there's been any new reports recently. Uh, but just prayers to his family, to his team, and everybody who was able to have them have him around them. Which is crazy because um, I think he just had a tribute to DMX um, at the BET Awards this past year. And obviously, we know how DMX died from a drug overdose as well. I don't know if the two were close, but I'm pretty sure if he's making a tribute to him, they had some type of relationship. So for him to die the same way is definitely uh, traumatic to see. Uh, so, Sean, go ahead. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm like, I got to echo what Edgar said in that prayers to everybody around him. I also uh, I didn't watch The Wire. Um, and I don't watch TV too much. I watch a lot of sports, so I don't really watch TV shows too much. But um, I, I was familiar with Omar, the character, to an extent. Like, I, it wasn't my first time hearing of Michael K. Williams. And really, I guess just the way that I see it, um, not knowing as much about his body of work, not knowing as much about uh, what he's done, uh, especially after seeing that little snippet in the beginning of our show today, um, just seeing the outpouring and seeing how he's affected everybody else has affected me. Um, just understanding uh, what people thought about his art, what people thought about him as a person, uh, all of that really got through to me. And, and it, meant, it meant a lot to see that in, in a lot of ways. So I, I've enjoyed seeing that in all the darkness, like people are sharing their memories and, and just remembering him as a good dude. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing I take away from uh, Michael K. Williams was he was a great human being. I watched a lot of interviews with Michael K. Williams uh, after I watched The Wire. He was just a great human being. Like a lot of the things that he showed in the portrayals of The Wire and in the Boardwalk Empire was some some of what he was going through in real life. So what we see with Omar is what he was doing in real life. And you've seen what he talked about at the beginning of the episode of how he was, it was kind of crossing over. He didn't know if it was his real life or it was really like him being Omar in the street. So to see how he has impacted everybody he has come in contact with, you see how Bunk was talking about him in that, uh, in that video, man, it was tough to see that man. Cause I was really hurt, man. One of my favorite actors to see that Omar portrayal is one of the best villains I probably ever see in the way that he portrayed him. It made you look at people on the street with a different mentality that you really don't know what you are seeing when you look at a person. Don't judge a book by its cover, because even though he was the villain to a lot of people, like when you look deeper at the person of Omar, he was somebody who was homosexual that a lot of people didn't know about. He was somebody who had feelings and he had to get them out. Like he had close friends. So just don't judge a book by his cover. It's, it was so much deeper than him being somebody who was just running around being the bad guy. He was, he had a much deeper layer to him. And I'm glad that he got to show that on the wire and boardwalk empire with a uh, chalky white. And uh, as Montrose in Lovecraft country, man, definitely going to be missed for sure. Uh, so definitely rest in peace to Michael K. Williams. Uh, anything else do you guys want to say on that? No. Nah. All right, man. So let's move on to the NFL Week 1 preview. So obviously we got Sean on here to talk Cowboys and Bucks, and that's the first game I want to talk about because that's such a big deal. 
because the Cowboys have Dak coming back. They said he's ready to go. So everybody from the Cowboys I know has high expectations or has playoff expectations for this team. So, Sean, I just want to get your opinion on that. Where do you see the Cowboys going this season? Well, I do not have high expectations. Because <laughs> the team is going to have to prove to me that it knows how to play football and play football well consistently throughout the season. However, I will say this. Man, if Dak was in there last year, I saw a lot of games where we got throttled that Dak would have found a way to pull out and win, you know? So Dak coming back is huge. Uh, the fact that the division is absolute garbage is huge. So the bar is low. Say absolute. Absolute. Don't, don't say absolute, Washington in your division now. Washington in your division. Am you think I'm about to be worried about Washington yes. winning? Yes. Winning the Washington going to have a top 10 defense. Yes. <laughs> hey, man. And it, it doesn't matter, dude. We had a patchwork offensive line held together by Band-Aids and Bubblegum last year. And Dak Prescott caught every team they put in front of him. And the defense can't be worse than it was last year. Y'all lost every game that Dak played last year. Did you not see what he was doing, bro? The <laughs> they went back and forth with the Seahawks, and he had he, he might as well have been running for his life back out there. So, so let me ask you this: the line with injuries, and let me ask you this: Would you be, as a fan, as a Dallas fan, would you be willing to take Cam Newton as a backup? Absolutely, as a backup, yeah, as a backup, <laughs> sure. Because I don't know, I don't know if that means like because I know you're all in on Dak right now, but would you think it would cause any friction if they bring Cam in as a we just we just know something is gonna happen to Dak? First of all, everybody loves Cam in the in the locker rooms, in the community. Cam is a great dude. Like people love playing with him. Uh communities love having him. He's an upstanding guy and he's not gonna cause any problems in any locker room he is for any of the any locker room he's in for any of the teams in the league. Second of all, bro, like, who, who are our backups right now? Who, who are the Cowboys backups right Garrett now? Garrett Gilbert, probably? Y'all still got Garrett Gilbert? No, I think they cut him. <laughs> no, they, cut him. Him. they let him go. So, Don't y'all got that, that Vena, Vena Rucci dude? No, because Cooper Rush is worse than Andy Dalton. And I saw Andy Dalton out there, and I didn't like it. Like, it, you know, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> So the bar is in the division. I'm just hoping this team doesn't start trying to play limbo because that, that that's my only hope. Don't start trying to play limbo with the bar because unlike a lot of Cowboys fans who are a, a, lot, a large portion of the fan base, a very large portion of the fan base is delusional every year, has Super Bowl aspirations every year, and think that anytime we win a game – by more than three points, it's uh, indicative of what we're going to do for the rest of the season. I'm not a part of that group anymore. After that Thanksgiving <laughs> Anymore, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> they lost to the Buffalo Bills. The hope inside of me died, bro. The hope inside of me died. So I don't have hope anymore. I don't have expectations anymore. All I'm doing right now is being realistic. And since the Cowboys have two games against the Philadelphia Eagles, two games against the New York Giants, and I do respect the Washington football team, but come on now. What are, what are we talking about, man? Uh, come on. You know, hey, you're, what, talking what? About a, you're talking about a fight for the division title. That's what you're a talking about. The division title? A fight for the division Okay. We might a fight, fight for a playoff spot. That's what you're talking about. Six 
games last year, man. Like, how many games did they win last year? How many games did Washington win last year? Well, they didn't have a winning. They won like seven. Eight. They won. I they think won they seven won seven. They won seven. Yeah, they're respectable. We're expecting them to have this big leap because Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback. They were a yeah, top because, the, because you've gotten more often. You've gotten you've gotten more offensive weapons if you're mm-hmm. Washington, and the defense has not dropped at all. If anything, they're elevated now because they have more experience with each other. They were already doing extremely well against us in the playoffs in the first round last year. So I know that is elevated to even better heights. Now, Washington will have a top 10 defense this season. So I just want you, Cowboy. Plus, y'all lost y'all starting linemen right now due to COVID, I believe. So I don't know what y'all got going on, but please don't overlook Washington like they Philly or New York. Please don't this is what Washington. I'm not I just want to Washington. Okay. I'm just not overrating Washington. I'm not giving them more respect than they deserve. Are they going to yeah. be a challenge? Yes. But if I say the Cowboys should win the division, we don't need to act like that's a hot take because <laughs> it's not. Like, oh, oh, it is not a hot not, take. But yeah. you, you almost made it sound like Washington just don't matter. That's almost what you made it sound like. What do you expect the Cowboys' record to be, though? Man, I, I'd have to do some looking at the schedule. I mean, when it comes to the division games, we already got at least six there. I think they sweep in the division. But outside, oh, I'm looking of- at y'all's schedule now. I'm looking at y'all's schedule now. Y'all got the Bucks. Okay. So just give give me Dub or L. Give me Dub or L. You got the Bucks. That's uh, it's week one. Come on, real you realistic now? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm realistic. But if they somehow pulled it out, I wouldn't be a hundred percent shocked. Uh, Chargers. That's a Dub. Okay. All right. Eagles. The Eagles, that's it. Hey, put two up against the Eagles, man. That's called <laughs> brooms out. Bring the broom. Panthers. Out. Panthers. Uh, that's, a dub. that's a dub. Giants. Hey, Damilas Escobas. You give me the brooms for the for the Giants. <laughs> Patriots. That's uh, probably I, I think that'd be an L. That's probably L. Vikings. That's a dub, I think. Broncos. That's a dub. Easy. Falcons. That's a dog. Chiefs. <laughs> don't even think. Please don't think. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Raiders. Raiders? That hey, that could go either way, but hey, any given Sunday, I'm going to have to give us some games that we Saints? shouldn't lose. Saints? I feel like you only gave them three L's so far. <laughs> like hey. you, got them, you got them winning a lot of games here. Hey, yeah. To, I mean, to round it off, do, to round it off, you got the Saints, the Washington Giants, Washington Cardinals, Eagles. So I'll give y'all two against the Giants. Y'all will do some real cowboy shit and split with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And I got y'all losing twice to Washington. Hey, I don't care. Twice? Bruh. Okay, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see. I only heard five L's. I only heard five L's on that schedule. Hey, yeah, it, I mean, but this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying, though. The Cowboys coming in with a twelve and five expectations because there's a lot of fans probably just like you. Like, man, we should beat a lot of these teams, and y'all know damn well y'all not gonna beat a lot. Of them. Exactly, because what I saw in 2019 with Dak's total that would have led the league in passing the next year, uh, throwing up 30 touchdowns, but people are still trying to tell me that year that Dak Prescott can't play because the team's not winning games is no matter what the Cowboys should do, no matter what they are supposed to do, no matter what they have the chance to do, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, we can't be surprised with anything that happens with this team. We'll see what happens. The Cowboys oh. should be more than 10 games, but the Cowboys are also the Dallas Cowboys. So <laughs> as long as you know, that's, that's, that's good with me. So who do y'all got in this in this Bucks versus uh, Cowboys game? We all rocking Bucks here? We all realistic? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Think right. We'll see what happens. The Cowboys oh. should be more than 10 games, but the Cowboys are also the Dallas Cowboys. So <laughs> as long as you know, that's, that's, that's good with me. So who do y'all got in this in this Bucks versus uh, Cowboys game? We all rocking Bucks here? We all realistic? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. All right. All right, let's slide through a couple of other big games for this weekend. We got uh, the Seahawks versus the Colts. What do you foresee to happen with the Colts? A lot of people are picking them as the dark, dark horse team to come out of the AFC. They have Carson Wentz coming back healthy this week. Do we see uh, playoffs? Let's set the bar low. Do we see playoffs for the Colts this season? I mean, they got to play the Jags twice and the Texans twice, so I would hope that they that they should be playoff <laughs> contenders. <laughs> if mm. they those two teams in their division and they have to play four games against those two teams respectively, they've already got a head start. So if Carson Wentz is confident out there, they had a good squad last year. Did, did they, they beat the Ravens in the playoffs, right? Who? No. Uh, the the Colts? No, the Colts lost in the first oh, round. Oh, the Colts, to, uh, yeah. They lost in the first yeah. round to somebody. That was, close, that was a close game. So, like, I mean, they're going to handle business. The defense is going to be good. Um, Quentin Flowers, not Quentin Flowers, uh, Quentin Nelson, they good good play on the offensive line. Darius Leonard on defense. They got they, they defense is stacked. That's what's really going to carry them to the playoffs, in my opinion. So Carson Wentz doesn't necessarily need to get out there and throw 35 touchdowns for them to make the playoffs. And Carson Wentz can sleepwalk through the games against the Texans and the Jags, and they can find ways to win those. So, yeah, I think the Colts should make the playoffs. Isn't there an extra wild card spot this year, too? Yeah, it was seven last year. Okay, yeah, so – Culture, the culture definitely makes the playoffs. I, I think the Colts can make the playoffs. Like um Sean just said, I'm looking at the schedule, not the schedule, I'm looking at each division now, and they only have to worry about the Titans in their division, so they can make that um second spot because I feel the Titans will win that. But I see the Colts being better than the Raiders, I see them being better than the Broncos, the Jets, like the Bengals, obviously. So they can make that 17 um playoff spot. So it, it's just a matter of uh, where in those seven teams are they going to just barely make it on seventh or will they be a surprise fifth or sixth? Yeah, in the and that's what I wanted to ask you. What will it take for you to say at some point in this season, like, oh, they have taken a leap to become AFC contenders? What will it take? Will it, will it have to be Carson Wentz showing you something different than what he's showing you in Philly? What would it have? Car- yeah, what Car- would it take? Carson Wentz is going to have to he's going to have to have a true comeback season. That's what's going to have to happen because with the the Chiefs and the Bills, we already know that's the hierarchy in the AFC. No team, I believe, is going to touch either of those two teams. And then you got Cleveland, who's just continually gotten better over the last two, three seasons now. I feel like it'll be really hard for them to get better than them. The Ravens, I feel the same way. But when you get to those fifth and sixth spots, you're really looking at the Chargers yeah, the have a strong. The Titans is definitely getting in. The, yeah. the, the, I don't know about definitely. They they have a shot to you know kind of knock the Titans off, but that's if um Carson Wentz has that season that I'm talking about. The Titans and the Chargers they could definitely pose huge threats too. Mm. 
All right, and let's move on with the Steelers and the Bills. We got this in the first game of this week, and we what do you see for the Bills? They had such a great season last year. Do you see them reclaiming their spot at the top of the AFC? I know Eggert said he's a, that's a for sure lock for him. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be just as good of a team as they were last year. When it comes down to it, the only thing I see happening for the Bills that would keep them from getting. Uh, that spot or a top two spot is, you know, just that any giving sun, any given Sunday cliche, uh, mm. you can lose to any team any given week. And they, they won't necessarily run the table to the point where it's like, okay, every team in the league in front of them, they're going to handle. I haven't looked at their schedule and what they have going on, but you know, it, it is going to be tough for every team in the league. The bills have more talent than the majority of these teams. And the only games they really, um, struggled in some of the few games they struggled in last year Josh Allen was dealing with that shoulder issue so if he stays healthy all year they've got a chance to beat anybody so you know like uh, Edgar, let's flip it on the and Edgar, let's flip it on the other side with the Steelers uh we see that they had such a hot start to last year what what are your expectations for the Steelers? Do you see them competing for the division title? They have Najee Harris in the backfield. Their defense is still pretty stout. What do you see for them this season? We'll, we'll definitely talk about this on Two Wild Wednesday, but I'm definitely going to give majority of my take now. I do not see the Steelers being a playoff team this year. I, I truly don't. I don't think the AFC North will give us three playoff teams just off of the fact of, like I said, there is going to be a lot of new teams that we're going to possibly see in the playoffs this year. The Colts, I feel, are going to be a new team. The Chargers are going to be a new team. I feel like the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs this year. So when it comes to the Steelers in the AFC North, the Browns and the Ravens are the only two teams fighting for that playoff, not playoff spot, that um division title. And I think the Browns are going to get that. Are the Steelers having a drop-off right now? Not really. They've slightly dropped off over the last year or two, but is it bad to where they're just going to, you know, not win possibly 11 games or so? No, they'll win about 11, 12 games. But I see Baltimore winning maybe one extra game, Cleveland winning like two extra games to solidify their playoff spot. So when it comes to the Steelers, they got Najee Harris, who I feel is going to be a, um, a great rookie this year, but I feel like they they just aren't going to be in that cream of the crop area that we're used to seeing them in. Hold on, hold on. If y'all see the, do you see them winning eleven to twelve games too, Sean? Eleven to twelve? I don't know. Just based on what I saw last year alone, like they what they win, they went eleven and zero, and then lost the rest of their games. I see they can go ten. Uh, yeah, I think to they, 11, they, lost they can go ten to eleven wins. Like they got they get 10 11 wins. Mike Tomlin is a great coach, so at the end of the day, he's going to have them ready to play each week. It's not like they're just going to lose all control and not know how to play football anymore. They're going to know how to get in there and handle business. Exactly. And they have a lot of talent, so I can't I, I can't count them out, but do I believe in them more than some of the other teams in that division? No. But how much trust are you putting in Big Ben? Do you think he will still be good enough to put up numbers this year? Put up numbers? I don't know about that. I mean, put up numbers and produce, actually get them wins at the same time. Yeah, Just be serviceable because they have such a good team. Just don't fuck it up. Wins for sure. They got a good They got a good receiver group. Um, any one of those guys are, are boom or bust any week of the season. Like Chase Claypool, that dude's huge. That dude can go off any given game. Uh, Deontay Johnson had some good games last year. Juju Smith-Schuster 
even though he underperformed what he, we've seen him do in the past. He had some good games last year. So they're not going to have trouble producing on offense unless Big Ben is just abnormally bad. Like he, mm-hmm. He's just solid and plays at his mean level. They'll be fine. I think age will really show itself for Big Ben this year because at the beginning of last year, he was playing like really well, like MVP, like football. But I think at the end of last year, it really started to show us where he will be most of this year. Like he won't be bad, bad, but he will be very average. And I don't think at this point you need an average Big Ben because even though you have so many weapons, I don't think that gets you win in such a tough division. When you have to play the Ravens who have a loaded secondary and when you have the Browns who have the secondary and the offensive line that can attack you in that division, I don't really like his odds. So I think the Big Ben that we see at the back end of last year is what we will most likely see. Even though the defense will most likely carry them for a majority of their wins, you have to make throws in this league. Right? That's what it comes down to. Even though you got Najee Harris, that's good for Big Ben throughout the season. You still have to make big throws. And I don't know if Big Ben has that in the pack at this point in this season. Um, and the last game of the week I wanted to talk about was the Browns and the Chiefs, which was the, the semifinals for the AFC last year. What would it take or how much of a chance would you give the Browns to overtake the Chiefs in the AFC? To Do you see a big over- jump like that happening or you think the Chiefs are clearly better than the Browns? It's not it's not clear anymore. If this was two seasons ago, I say, yeah, the Chiefs are clearly better. But the Browns have closed the gap a lot. It, it's not fully closed, but it, it's it's about this much left. So I would say the def- I would say the Browns defense is better than it is than but the Chiefs Kansas offense. The it's, Chiefs it's offense yeah. is better. So mm-hmm. it it'll really just it'll be a I mean they, they got a lot of weapons for what's the name though they got a lot of weapons for the Browns OBJ Landry Chubb that's a lot if Baker Mayfield just shows something bro if he just shows something but before Odell got hurt the, the, on paper it sounded great but when we were watching it it didn't fulfill everything we wanted but Baker is a lot better now uh he's gotten a lot more reps in with Juice and with with Nick Chubb and everything so Odell should fit more seamlessly in this time so that's why i say now the gap isn't as wide as it used to be the browns could beat the chiefs in this first game of the season and that could be a preview for later coming down the road into the playoffs so there is a lot better chance for the browns to actually beat them this season but over the next few years do i see the browns just topping the chiefs and like getting that afc title put on their heads for real no i think the chiefs are going to be the kings of the afc for at least the next two to three seasons still sean for me it's the chiefs until further notice they're going to have to physically show me that they cannot do it for me to be like okay yeah the chiefs the chiefs can't handle business or the chiefs won't handle business they're going to have to stop handling business for me to say that but I agree with what Edgar said about the gap getting closer and closer to being closed because we can. Did the Super Bowl scare you at all, though? Did the Super Bowl scare you? The offensive line holes? Did that scare you at all? No, because it's like that team is just different. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. throughout the season, throughout the season, we can point to the talent on the Browns roster and see where they're creeping on. Not just the Chiefs, but most of the teams in the league. Nick Chubb is arguably the best back in the league. Um, mm-hmm. One of the top backs in the league. Uh, we know about the receiver group if everybody stays healthy. Uh, Baker Mayfield keeps getting better. 
year. So we'll see what they do when it comes down to it. But I, I see both of those teams being really consistent all year. I'm excited about this game too, week one. I don't think it'll tell us the full story of what we need to know uh, for the whole course of the season. But like I said, man, it's Chiefs until further notice. They're going to have to show me something different. I think this is the Browns' year to get to the Super Bowl. I honestly do. I think the additions in the back end will be will make the difference. Them drafting Greg Newsom in the first round, already having Denzel Ward, who's one of the best corners in the league. You already have Grant Delpit, Johnny Johnson in the back end. You got Miles Garrett. Like your defense, the defense is going to carry them. I honestly believe that. But the offense is still so good itself. Like even with Baker Mayfield not being. Uh, a high-level quarterback, you still got 11 wins last year just off your running game alone off Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I think this is the year they overtake him. I think the cornerback play will be big when you play against the Chiefs. I think having good safeties is going to be big when you go against Travis Kelsey. Obviously, you have to have good linebacker play like we've seen with the Super Bowl with the Bucks and Devin White clamping Travis Kelsey. I think they added to that this offseason. So I think this first game will tell us a lot. Will it tell us the whole story? No, because teams get better throughout the season. But it will tell us how close they really are to each other. And I think the Browns, by the end of the season, will get better, especially on offense, to eventually beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I truly believe that, bro. Got a lot of expectations in the Browns. And I think that is all of the games I want to talk about for through the games and pick all of the week one games. So we already talked about Cowboys and Bucks. So 49ers and Lions, who y'all got? Ooh. Niners. Ooh. Not close. Ooh. Niners. Yeah, it's Niners. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to pick the Niners, but I'm going to say this. I'm a big Dan Campbell fan. I like what he's doing over there. You like that nigga? Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yes. yes. You can spot a hashtag right now. Hashtag Dan Wagon. Hashtag Dan Wagon. I will drive the bus myself. I'm a big. Hey, that's better than Tanny Wagon. Hey, it's one of those. Hey, chill out. Hey, chill out. Chill it's, it's one of those. Um, it's one of those things where the the approach works. He's gonna get phrased. If it doesn't, okay, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm a big <laughs> approach. Guys seem to like playing for him, uh, and, and they seem to be excited to get to work and go to work. So the Lions, I mm. think, are gonna beat some teams they probably shouldn't beat because Dan Campbell's back there. So. I, I was hesitant about it, but I'm, I'm going to pick the Niners just just to be safe, you know, just to be safe. I'm gonna... and, and before we, we go posting to the, the results, too, boy, we posting the results, too. So you got to be sharp. But before we get to the next uh, game, just to speak on the Lions real quick, what do y'all think is going to happen with Jared Goff? Do you feel this time in Detroit is going to help him hone in on his own personal QB skills or do you feel like? He's in Detroit, so he doesn't even have any room to elevate because we know we can see a lot more from Jared Goff. It's just He's a bridge. What, what's going to come from this situation. He's a bridge quarterback today, get something better. I feel like I don't think he's that bad, but I think he's a mid-tier quarterback. He's in that that Teddy Bridgewater range. Like Teddy was somebody who you can start on certain teams, but you don't want him to be your franchise guy. And I think Goff is kind of in that realm right now. Like, you don't want him to be your franchise guy. So he might be the starter for the, the Lions for the next two, three years while they build out their team, and then they draft their franchise quarterback. Like, it's going to be some type of situation like that. But for the next couple of years, I can definitely see him being there, producing. We'll see what happens because we'll I think there's a lot less pressure on him in Detroit than there was in L.A. Considering, yeah, like, what was that, his second year in the league? He goes to the Super Bowl or one of his first mm-hmm. years in the league – the team goes to the Super Bowl. They have a great offensive season. Everything's firing on all cylinders. Now you're going to Detroit. 
who just want some kind of success. Just like give them a crumb. But it's a lot less weapons too, though, bro. It's a lot less weapons. That's very true. And I thought about that, especially at receiver. They just lost Galladay. They just lost Marvin Jones. But, you know, it, he's got to get out there and do the bare minimum and not be awful. Like, I think he'll be able to handle business. Right. And I don't think he's going to be bad or, or just make bad decisions to the point where he's unplayable. So I, I think he'll be solid. I, I in Titans, who you got? Mm. Hey. Titans, I got Titans. <laughs> you I don't know. Titans? Hey man, I'm a I'm gonna go Cardinals. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna go Cardinals. Yeah, rocking with the Cardinals. All right, yeah, sure. Yeah, cause who who um? How how y'all gonna stop? The, oh, this that's my thing. How y'all stopping Tennessee? I don't see how anybody stopping them niggas. All what you call it? You got um? Then AJ Green go to Arizona? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I, I want to see that. I'm ready to see that. AJ Green at D Hop. Somebody, Yo, I'm ready to see that. <laughs> somebody, that. Somebody went to Tennessee. Uh, there was a wide receiver. He, he's named pretty, Julio. Yeah. I'm low key going to pick Arizona too. I'm low key going to pick. Moving on. We got Chargers versus Washington. Who you got? Uh, Chargers. I'm going to get behind my boy Justin Herbert again. Gonna be great. They making the playoffs this year, and I'm gonna get on their first uh NFL. Uh, not NFL. I'm gonna get You've been saying a lot of teams win. making the playoffs, so I, we got to talk about <laughs> who making the playoffs. So you, I think you said like ten teams. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I, said, I said the Chargers. I said the Chargers gonna make it. All right, Sean. Man, that's a that's a tough one. I think week one, I'm gonna choose Washington. I think Fitz is gonna come out of the gate hot. Um, Terry McLaurin, we know what he can do. Uh, Antonio Gibson had some solid games last year, and we've already talked about how good the defense is off camera. So, uh, yeah, I think the I think Washington will handle business. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers won, but I'm a pick Washington. I'm gonna rock out with the Chargers, man. First game, it's still a lot to be seen with the the Washington offense, but I do agree with, with the defense. Uh, Eagles versus Falcons. Oh, uh, that's gonna be ugly. That's foul. I got Falcons. I got Falcons, bro. Yeah, Pitt's gonna have a huge yeah. game. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm go Falcons. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm I'm easily going Falcons. Like, all right, Jaguars, Texans. Ugh, <laughs> that's ugly. <laughs> ugly as hell. <laughs> I got Jags, bro. I got Jags. I'm going Jags. Just actually, no. Nah, let me go Houston, just cause um, what's call it? Tyrod, Tyrod quarterback. So I'll go with a black QB on this one. I'll go Houston. Man. I'm going to win that game because I am doing something other than watching that football game. I will not be watching the Jags and Texans go to work. I don't believe in Urban Meyer at all. Um, I don't think he's going to last longer than two seasons in Jacksonville. So I'm at the same time, I can't pick Houston in week one. It I mean, who's got the better quarterback? In week one, I know Tyrod Taylor can play in his spots. I know he's a good backup in this league, but Trevor Lawrence is going to come ready to play. The wide receiver group in Jacksonville is underrated. Uh, James Robinson was really solid last year. So, you know, it's the battle of the bottom of the barrel. But <laughs> oh, I'm just going, I'm just going with Houston because black QB, like literally no other reason. <laughs> black, black QB, that's the only reason. Well, how much are we betting on this season? Because you, you, yeah, how much are we betting on this? I want the stakes well, to be like, raised. I want, I want I want the stakes to be raised because I think last year was twenty. What what's the bet? Fifty. I want the stakes to be raised. Uh, like like I know the money, but I'm saying like, what is the actual bet? Like, what are we betting? 
don't know how many uh, wins, how many games won. Oh, how many games? Won? Oh, comes, oh, yeah. I'm we, talking we, about we, when it comes to picks. Oh okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, <laughs> Jets, Panthers. <laughs> Bro, we were so close, like up to halfway through the season, and then he just took off. Like <laughs> you said, yep. Jets, Panthers. Jets, Panthers. I'm going Panthers. Panthers, bro. I like the Panthers this season. I got to make it the playoffs. This is going to be a low-key interesting game because both of these teams weren't that good last year, but both of them have the potential to be solid this year. Uh, we saw Zach Wilson show out in the preseason a little bit, and obviously it gets different when the bullets are flying at full speed, but it's going to be a really interesting game to watch. I was talking to my roommate about this game yesterday, and we were both excited to watch, even though both teams had bad records last year. Christian McCaffrey coming back, though. I, I gotta go with Carolina, uh, like easily. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going Panthers. Um, Sam Darnold going against his old team. You know he'll have some fire under him for that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey coming back. That's going to be huge for them. He he low key might win Offensive Player of the Year. I won't be surprised by that. And he could possibly win Comeback Player of the Year too. So yeah, I'm going Panthers. Yeah, Panthers. Seahawks. Colts. Seahawks. Ooh. Seahawks. Yeah, Russ got to handle business. Uh, Steelers, Bills. Bills. Yeah, Bills. Yeah. Bills are going to the Super I'll bet you an extra dub, Bills go to the Super Bowl. That's my AFC pick. Oh, my fucking God. Add that. Add that, please. Oh, yes. Virtual shake that. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm gonna get a- that's yeah. a free dub. That's a free dub. That, that's, that's, my, um, that's my official, and I'm sticking to it the entire season. The Buffalo Bills will be the team out of the AFC to make the Super Bowl. Wowzers. Hot take. Not oh, really hot and take, Josh Allen, I like it. Josh Allen winning MVP. And he won an MVP. MVP. Okay. Wow. wow, you're on this Bills wagon. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh Vikings. Did we already pick? Oh, yeah, we all pick Bills. Vikings, Bengals. Vikings. Vikings. Come on. Vikings. Broncos, Giants. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Give me Broncos. Give me Teddy uh, B. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, do the Broncos for me. Yeah, I, I can't see any advantage that the Giants just have that will, <laughs> will be so good that they win the game. Like, uh, they coming back. Okay, I'm sorry, man. Like they just they just don't do it for me, man. I gotta I gotta go with Denver, man. Do you see an improvement coming for Daniel Jones, or is this the final straw? Like, if he don't do anything this year, he's out of New York. We'll see. Like, I man, I, I don't know. I want takes. I want takes. Ain't no we'll see. I, <laughs> I don't believe in Daniel Jones overall, but we've seen we flashes of good QB play in some of those games, like the comeback against Tampa Bay. Sorry, Edgar. Like, you know, he, he's he's played some good games, and I we, we have a trophy. Yeah, <laughs> Their receiver group doesn't necessarily have a piece who's shown that they are head and shoulders above a lot of guys in the league, but they've got. A they got Galladay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Galladay. Galladay is good. Uh, Kadarius Tony obviously is a rookie. We'll see how. Nigga Kadarius. And uh, Darius Slayton was was solid in spots last year. So was Sterling Shepard, but uh, they don't have that bona fide number one to the point where it's like, okay, I can throw the ball up to this guy if I get into trouble every single time if i throw him 10 passes he'll catch six of them i don't see that guy on that roster uh saquon barkley's gonna handle business uh but yeah i I think the broncos are a better team 
They, All right. they said oh, yeah. that Daniel Jones was kind of supposed to be like their next Eli Manning. And I don't know how I feel about that, because if you look <laughs> up the definition of average, you, you get Eli Manning, literally a career 500 record. Like, so when you say your next quarterback is the next Eli Manning, are you just looking at those two Super Bowl runs and looking at it like, that Eli Manning or the entire career worth of Eli that's Manning a great conversation that that's a great conversation to have would you rather take a quarterback that is average in the regular season but raises his level in the postseason or somebody who is extremely talented and shows that he can do stuff in the regular season but underperforms or is average in the postseason which one you, would you, you rather, rather have? go with you would rather go with the first option. I'd rather have somebody that's average just to get us there, but then they elevate when we get there. I would rather have that. Nah, I disagree with that because, Pete, if you got a guy who's at that level the entire regular season and they might underperform in some postseasons, if they have one or two playoff runs where they're absolutely unstoppable or they play at the same level they played in the regular season, they've given you about just as much as the average quarterback has. As far as playoff goes, we're not going to sit here and act like Eli just won Super Bowls every time he got to the postseason. Like, that's not how it works. The rest of the time, you just have an average QB and you lost in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Damn, that can hockey be like a Peyton Manning and Eli Manning comparison? Because a lot of people would say that about Peyton Manning, that he was kind of average in the playoffs. Even though he has the Super Bowls, he was kind of average in the playoffs. But he was uh, above everybody in the regular season. So which one would you rather have, Eli or Peyton? They both got two championships at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, and it, it's hard to argue that because the way Peyton got his was legendary, and then the way Eli got his, you defeated the on you defeated a team. Nah, the way Peyton the way Peyton got his last one wasn't legendary. I think it was on his last well, legs. It, it wasn't legendary. <laughs> it, it was it wasn't necessarily legendary, but it was the fact that he won, and then he literally retired after he won. I, I mean, in that sense. Oh, yeah, boy, that last it's season like, was, it was like a, It was a walk off into the sunset type of shit. It was like that. Yep. All right, and let's move forward with Browns versus Chiefs. Ooh, that's a ball game. Uh, oh, Chiefs. That is the I'm game of the week, Chiefs. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Chiefs. going Chiefs. Okay. I got yeah. Browns. Low key. I should flip a coin, but uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs off the top of my head. Like, So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think they might lose. Uh, Clyde Edwards or more, or I guess I'd like to see them use him more because it's not like the man's not talented. They just really weren't giving him reps. Uh, they were throwing the ball a lot more and weren't giving him a chance to just get out there and do his thing. And every time he runs the ball, he gets like eight to 10 yards because everybody is playing you for the pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just crazy. Yeah, I don't understand it either. But yeah, I got Browns. Uh, Dolphins versus Patriots. Uh, Dolphins. I got the Pats. <laughs> I got the Pats too, bro. My roommate, my roommate is a Patriots fan. He's laughing at you. <laughs> uh, Packers versus Saints. Uh, Packers. Packers, most definitely. Packers. Uh, Bears versus Rams. Rams. Rams for sure. Who's the Bears? Oh, the Bears starting Andy Dawn. Never mind. Yeah. Rams. <laughs> Ravens even versus they Raiders. Were, even, if they were, even if they were starting Justin Fields, they wouldn't win. No, it would have been more of a toss-up if it was Fields, but Andy Dawn. Nah, it's definitely the Rams upgraded and got Matthew Stafford. Yeah. yeah. 
That's true. Uh, Ravens versus Raiders. Ravens. I'm low-key going with the Raiders, man. Like, it's Lamar. It's Lamar playing catch with Mark Andrews the whole game. They don't have another receiver out there who's going to get out. They just got Le'Veon Bell. What? When? When's the last time he showed you anything? Okay. That and okay. I and I was gonna bring that up too. I was gonna bring that up too because when you put that two wild wins, they always like he hasn't shown Pro Bowl in a few seasons, bro. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he's been so long, uh, or why it took so long for him to sign with a team. It's like a lot of people don't see that with Le'Veon no more, bro. I thought that shit hockey don't went out the window. I'm telling y'all, bro, you gonna be in that Raven system. They're not just worried about you when it comes to the run game. You have to worry. Honestly, you got to worry about Lamar Jackson as your primary run threat. So Le'Veon Bell is going to get a lot of screen opportunities. He's going to get a lot of pitch pass opportunities. He's going to lot of get a he's going to get a lot of opportunities to play in the slot. I feel like Le'Veon Bell will get back to what we remember him as. Those few years that we seen him with the Jets recently, yeah, your value went down because you thought you were going to make a boss move and make a big name in a city that hasn't had a big name in damn near forever, and it didn't work out, so now your value has gone down. But I feel like Le'Veon Bell <laughs> is going to have some type of resurgence. Bless you. Damn, thank you. But I don't think it's there, and I don't think he's the type of running back that Baltimore usually has. They usually have a running back that just hits the hole. Le'Veon is somebody who likes to be patient, wait until a hole opens up, and I don't know if that's the type of system that they're running in Baltimore. That's why J.K. Dobbins was such a good fit, because J.K., when he see a hole, he hitting it. Le'Veon ain't the same way, bro. He real, he's really patient. So their running styles is something that you really don't see in Baltimore. So it's going to be interesting to see how it comes together in uh, in Baltimore. And I got the Raiders, too. I like the Raiders in that game. But uh, let's move forward with college football. Week one recap. So it was a lot of big games in this first week, man. We had Georgia versus Clemson. Uh, Ohio State played Minnesota. Uh, what else we had? Uh, we had Notre Dame, Dame versus FSU. Day. That was, that yeah, was, UC, UCLA, LSU, UCLA, uh, LSU. We had what was Louisiana, the three o'clock game? Alabama and uh, Alabama and Alabama, Miami. Miami. You had, yeah, uh, another one. You had Louisiana and uh, Texas. Texas. I think mm-hmm. that was a good one. So, all right, man. So let's games. just yeah. So let's just focus on the big games. Let's just uh, talk about Georgia and Clemson first. That was honestly a, a snooze fest, in my opinion. Ten to three oh, game. Wasn't a lot of touchdowns. Uh, do you want to get an AP top 25 before we do that? Or you want to do it uh, at the end? I got it right. What here. You mean? That's what I was asking. Like, do you want to just name off top 25 real quick and then get into each game? We can just get all the top 10. Don't get into top 25. All right. Top 10. Got Alabama at one, Georgia at two, Ohio State at three. Uh, who's at four? My bad. Oklahoma at four, Texas AM at five, Clemson at six, Cincinnati at seven, Notre Dame at eight, Iowa State at nine, and Iowa at 10. And Iowa and Iowa State do have to play each other this next weekend, I believe. Yeah, Sean, you weren't here last week, man. I talked about Cincinnati making the playoff, and we're one step closer. They was eight last week, seven this week, getting closer to being there. But just uh, going back to the Clemson versus Georgia matchup, how did y'all feel about it? How did Clemson look to you? Do they look like the Clemson of past years? And, Edgar, do you still feel confident that they will make the college football playoff after that type of performance, even though they play at Georgia? Like, that offense stunk, bro. I I still have hopes for Clemson. 
I'm I'm not gonna lead the ship yet. I feel like Clemson is still going to be a lock because the rest of this ACC schedule they have. Granted, a week or two ago, I did bring up the fact they do have a SEC game, SEC scheduled game with uh South Carolina. So you know we'll we'll get a chance to see them go against the SEC team again. You know, but other than that, they don't really have too much of a challenge. Florida State might give them a good competition, but that's the but- point. But it's like they're they're running through that, so they're clearly going to make the college football playoff. And I think when they have to get in a situation of playing a team like Georgia again, I don't see them losing twice to Georgia. I I don't see that if they have to meet again down the road. Sean, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I was tailgating before the uh, the Gator football <laughs> game out here in Gainesville. I, I was chilling, but I saw the score and I was glad I didn't watch the game. I'm not into those types of games, but uh, yeah, I think Clemson will be fine. I mean, it's like y'all said with the ACC schedule, this conference hasn't had a formidable number two, like legit number two since FSU was popping. So really like what else do they have to worry about in that division? No, well, that's the point. Oh, that's the point. A lot of people were talking about this week. That's honestly the problem. You don't have anybody else for it to be a quality win. Like if Georgia would have lost the game on Saturday, they would have been fine because they have quality opponents that they can go through and they could have got a win over Auburn, got a win over Florida. And you would have met somebody like Alabama to get a quality win over for Clemson. You have no more quality wins in the ACC. I don't think anybody's even ranked like that. I think uh, UNC dropped all the way back. Uh, Miami dropped all the way back to the top 25. Like, who are your quality wins on your schedule when we look at it? And I don't really see anybody. Even yeah. though you're going to run through your conference, there's no quality wins there. Here's the thing. We had the same argument with Ohio State last year, and it was a legitimate argument. They only played six teams. They went 6-0. and Their toughest game was against Northwestern. But when it comes down to it, who are the best four teams? Is Clemson in that top four? Easy. I think we got to change the conversation, though, bro. I think we got if, – if you put Clemson in over Cincinnati, it's like, damn, I would say Cincinnati is more deserving than that. Cincinnati is more deserving than that. Yes, because they proved to you last year they can play with the big boys. They proved to you last year they can play with the big boys. Okay, for, for, for what? For what? Winning the bowl game? Congratulations. Like, we'll, yes! We'll That's big we'll for a small school like that. That's big, bro. We'll light the candles. We'll sing happy birthday. And we'll blow the cameras out. And we'll wish that their schedule didn't include teams like Tulsa, like Austin P. Like, shit, like, you can compare that to whoever coming out of the ACC. Yeah. What the fuck is but, coming out of the ACC? Well, oh, but think, but think about this. Think about this. They didn't give UCF a chance, and UCF went undefeated two years in a row. And when they did get an opportunity to play a big school, yes, they did lose to LSU, but they showed a lot of fight, and they still didn't give UCF credit because when they finally did play a team, even though they did a res- they had a respectable loss, people were pointing like, look, they can't beat a real team when they actually play a real team, even though they're just going to ignore the 20 But Cincinnati is already ranked got. eighth right now or seventh right now. I don't even know why Clemson is ranked ahead of them right now. They should Clemson should have dropped even Clemson, further back in the Clemson rankings. Is ranked, Clemson is ranked ahead of them because we all know at the end of the day, like I said, Clemson ain't losing to Georgia twice. Let them play Georgia. If they play Georgia again this weekend, who you going to Georgia Georgia's smacking them again. Georgia no, is getting healthier. Georgia is getting healthier with their offense. We're going to no. give Cincinnati credit for not losing games when they're on their schedule. They have to play a shell of UCF of what they've been over the past few years. Yes. They have to play Tulsa, and they're going to be yes. competing for the conference. 
against Memphis. They might be playing Memphis. If that's the, the conversation, then Sean, how is how is this, how is that how is that type of school going to make the tournament? Are we how is that type of school going to make the tournament if you if they can't do anything to make the four teams? There's levels, bro. That just is what. Hey, no, it shouldn't be levels. If a it's team levels, is it? But no. Are we gonna not get the team? Are we gonna knock Clemson that far for losing? Yes. No, bro. No. Yes. If you don't have no quality 10, wins, yes, we're knocking you, bro. They're if you struggle with 10. the ACC, bro, if you struggle with the ACC, we're knocking you, bro. We're knocking you. Y'all not gonna tell me there's ten teams better than Clemson. Y'all not gonna tell me Y'all are making. They played Georgia last year. They just played Georgia. That's what I'm talking about. That's the bowl game you're talking about. Bro, in a bowl you're not finna That's the bowl game here. you're talking about. And it was right there with Georgia. It was right there with Georgia. They can play with them boys, man. We're gonna give. You're them not gonna tell me. You're not gonna tell me there are ten teams better than Clemson. You're not doing that. I'm not saying there's ten teams better. I'm saying who's more deserving. Clemson lost, bro, and they don't even look good at that. The team isn't the same from last year. You don't have Trevor Lawrence no more that you can bank on. That offense look ass. If you run through that weak-ass ACC, that shit don't mean nothing, bro. That don't mean shit. Bro, we, we that don't mean nothing. Bowl game for Cincy last year, but we can't sit here and act like the Gators were the same team that they were all year when they got to the – I'm surprised the they put us 13th, even Ooh. though we won. The Gators I'm ass. I'm the, Gators. the Gators. But that's what I'm saying, bro. I'm surprised they kept us at 13th. Yeah, we beat it's FAU. They're Florida. We, won, SEC. we won our game. And this is what I'm telling you. They're Clemson. They're not dropping Clemson. It's the ACC. The SEC, 10, ACC. What are we that. talking about? It's a huge Clemson difference. Has a, Clemson has been a dominant team for the last, what, three to four years? You're not getting below the top 10 just because you don't have Trevor Lawrence game. anymore, bro. It don't no matter. ETN no more. You don't have those They're players. They're trusting you. They're bro, trusting you, bro. They're Deshaun trusting to, to Kelly Bryant, to, to all, all these players went through Clemson, and they were still a top-tier contender. They didn't look this bad on offense, bro. They didn't look Man. this bad, bro. It's week Clemson. one. They look anemic, bro. Clemson dropping the six. I'm fine with six. If they would have went any lower than that, I would have been pissed. Cause it's like, come on, bro. Because I told you nah. before this game, Georgia was under more pressure than Clemson was because of the fact. No, they were. Yes, they were. If Georgia would have, when they lost, have quality wins, they have quality wins on their schedule. Clemson does Sean, not have the same thing. Sean, let me ask you. What's up? All right, is Georgia getting in the playoffs with one loss, or is Clemson getting in the yes. playoffs with one loss? Who who would you rather put in with one loss? Because we see what on, Georgia bro. can do. Whether Georgia go undefeated or they got one L, wait, they wait, folded wait. in the playoffs multiple times. Are we They're making it. one loss conference championship? One loss whenever. One, one, one loss, loss whatever. Just one loss whatever. Mm. If they So look, so for example, if Clemson lo- loses to Georgia first game compared to if if Georgia loses to Alabama in the conference championship game, who makes it? It's going to be Georgia making it, bro. Clearly, because it's the head. The head already beat you. I, I would, uh, I, I would want Georgia to be in, but I know what's going to happen with the committee. I know what's going to happen with Georgia. How? How is a team that I beat head to head going to be in front of me in the standings? Because if I lose to Alabama in the conference championship, yes, they are. Georgia is that team. Are you tripping? Alabama literally had the same situation like what two, three years ago when everybody was like, oh, Georgia, I think it was Georgia that beat them in the in the uh, SEC championship. Alabama plays and, in the SEC where they Nick, have quality Nick wins. Saban, Nick Saban told these people, look, they're not beating us again. Put us in the playoffs. I bet it won't happen. It don't matter if we play them. Why are you saying playing them again? What are we, we're not playing again. Hey, Clemson could have easily not put Georgia on the schedule and run the table with the ACC 
and they would still be collecting. That's what they should have did. That's what they should have did. But they did what they did, and it is. They lost. Knock them for losing to Georgia by like eight. It's bro. a knock, bro. It's a knock. Nah, I'm not not. I'm not knocking them out the top ten for that. If I'm they not. go through the weak ass ACC, that's a that's cool to y'all. That's just like that's just like Ohio State. That's just like Ohio State winning the Big Ten last year. You calling that conference week and trying to talk to me about Cincinnati? Because like, Cincinnati don't won two years in a row. When are the small schools going to get in, bro? If all we're going to say is they're not, they're not the same competition. They're I not the same, same competition. They don't won two I years in a row. And they rank seventh right now. With your own eyes. When you look I with your own eyes. It don't matter, bro. Notre Dame been getting in for years. Watch teams like Alabama and compare them to those teams like Cincinnati, like those schools in conferences like the AAC. There is a massive difference how when georgia just played against cincinnati uh, last year we're not gonna talk about a bowl game and why not it's the bro they played head up georgia gotta show me bro an exhibition and we're gonna try to give that we're gonna try to get a bowl game nobody nobody stepped on nobody played last year if it is not the college football playoffs it might as well be an exhibition Everybody knows that. Man, that's whack as hell. That mindset whack, bro. I it is that true. mindset whack, bro. I'm telling it's you. True. I'm telling you, bro. We went up, we went head to head, and them niggas was right there with Georgia. What are we talking about? We seen them niggas go head up with Georgia, and, I, and they are ranked seventh right now, and we still gonna be like, Y'all playing the AAC. Come the fuck on, bro. I'm, when I'm is the Google Five school gonna get respect? I'm not taking anything away from what you're saying. All I'm saying is Clemson is they they have that respect, bro. They're not oh. the the AP poll are not going to drop them because it's Clemson. They're trusting mm-hmm. the fact that Clemson is not going to let this happen again. If and Clemson I'm, goes undefeated for the rest of this season, you can believe they're easily making one of the top two spots in the playoffs. That's easily. The hell no. It, it's hell messed no. up. It's messed Hell up, but it's no. going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm telling you that's what's going to happen. Other what's teams happen. above them will have to lose, bro. Other teams above them will have to lose, bro. Like, we will have to see uh, Texas A&M lose. Go ahead. Put it this way. If I put UNC in, if I put Florida State in the AAC, they're the second and third best teams in the AAC. If Clemson Cincinnati. They got better competition aside from the aside from the first game of the season they lost, but they got better competition the whole year than Cincinnati. So if they run the table and, and they're I played one, all the team that's broke. If they were in, so if Cincinnati was in the uh, ACC right now, what are they doing? They're the second best team running through in that shit, running through that shit just like Clemson. They're the second. So what are we I, saying? I they're the best team. They're what the are we doing? Team. They're the second best team in the ACC if they if they all um, join. But my but my, this is my point though, bro. When are we gonna, Sean? Sean, this is what I'm gonna ask you, bro. This is what I'm gonna ask you, Sean. This is what I'm gonna ask you. What's when up? are the small schools in this format, this playoff format? When are they going to get into the tournament, bro? What bro. is it going to take for them to get into the tournament, bro? I'm realistic with it. Okay, I'm realistic with but it. But tell me what they gotta do. Tell me what they gotta do. Man, I understand that these teams should have more of a chance to get into the playoffs. That Whatever, okay, I'll concede that. But at the end of the day, do we really want to see when we're already with the top four teams we're putting in there? We're seeing blowouts every year in the college. Exactly, Sean. Exactly. No, no, no. Sean, but but, 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 but,
win. Cincinnati isn't one of those teams, bro. Cincinnati is a formidable team. That's why I'm not disagreeing with him, but I'm telling him at the same time what's going to happen. Cincinnati is now a team that deserves respect, just like UCF should have been a team that got respect. I'm not disagreeing with that UCF point. It's Cincinnati's turn now. So this is what, just not to go off the rail too much right now, but this is why I said the playoffs needs to be six teams, not that 12 bullshit, because we don't need to see a bunch of teams getting blown out. But six teams, you could put Cincinnati in one of those fifth or sixth seed spots, and they could be an upset team to a team like Clemson or one of these other teams. But once you make it 8 to 12, you're giving, this is why I agree with Sean, you're giving too many teams the opportunity. That's why I just keep it at six. If they expand it to six, you give two teams like Cincinnati and possibly a team like Iowa that could jump. You're giving them teams. You're giving formidable teams that might have a chance. You don't want to make it 12 teams where you're getting freaking uh, Coastal Carolina uh, a chance. Like, come on now. That's true. That's true. But we have four teams right now, bro. And it is what it is. If we want to expand the format, it's going to get uh, expanded soon. That's cool. But if we're looking at Cincinnati, who is ranked seventh right now, bro, and they got in, Sean, you just said everybody who plays at four gets waxed anyway. We see Notre Dame or Oklahoma get fourth and get waxed. Why can't a deserving team like Cincinnati get in at four? They're just not as good as teams like Alabama. You can't tell me but, that but Alabama, Alabama is the gold standard, bro. Like mm-hmm. we, I, I don't even, game. I don't even say Alabama anymore when I make my argument. They're the gold standard. Mm-hmm. But these teams, the these teams, teams like Ohio State. Now I don't even have Ohio State making the playoffs this year. Teams like Ohio State, like like Oklahoma, like Notre Dame, even Texas saying them to a certain extent that are going to be fighting for that fourth spot. This is where teams like Cincinnati should have a chance. Mm-hmm. The only two teams that I feel deserve a birthright in there until they just prove that they don't need to be in there are Alabama and Clemson. Yes, Clemson lost against Georgia, but I still hold the relevancy of Clemson and Dabo Sweeney to give me that guarantee that they're going to win the rest of this season and they're going to provide on what needs to be done when playoff time comes. I'm holding them to that, just like we say with the NFL stuff. You but it should be different. It should definitely be a difference, though, between Alabama and Clemson. It should be a difference, though. Because Alabama has quality wins every year. No, no, Clemson does not. I'm just saying as far as the cream of the crop. That's all I'm saying. I understand what you're saying, but it should be a difference between the two. They run the table with the ACC and then win the conference championship, and they got better wins than Cincinnati this year anyway. That's cool. But if you lose in the Georgia the way you lost to Georgia, bro, you have to be punished for that. Plain and simple, bro. They get Plain and simple. By instead of being two, they four. But this is why this is why we're having the conversation, though, Sean. Who had more pressure last week? Because we can go back and forth. We're gonna agree to disagree about the situation. It was, it was, it was still it was still Clemson because now we're having the conversation now on if these wins, even if they run the table, are they gonna get in? It's still a question. When Georgia, if they would have lost, they still would have got in. Because if you beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, you're getting in. If you run the table and beat Alabama, you're getting in if you're Georgia, bro. That's just how it is. Clemson doesn't have that luxury. I guess I guess the most important words are the ones on the screen in between CFB and recap. Because we've gone through all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Can we, we know what's gonna we know what's gonna happen the rest of these weeks. Like we have no idea, bro. Like we, we know what we know what's gonna happen, bro. We we know what's gonna happen the rest of these weeks. Clemson for the win, just about damn near every other game. Georgia, 
Georgia is going to have a tougher time with like maybe two or three games, but they're going to run through the rest of their season. Alabama going to they're going to lose the season. Alabama in the SEC championship game, but they still going to get in. So Georgia is a lot to get in damn near. Georgia's a lot. I think Oklahoma's only, a lot because they have the same luxury like the ACC. You're not playing nobody way, in the uh, Big Twelve. The only way Georgia isn't a lock is if they, they lose, lose two games. A game, it, they they're not gonna lose two though because I feel even if Georgia, if Georgia loses a regular season game, but they beat Bama in the SEC, oh they in, they in. But if they if they lose, are they in if, over they beat, Bama? if they beat Bama, that's why I said if they lose two, they out. If they, if they beat Bama, you good. Though, if they we we got we got to talk about that now. I know Georgia's legit this year. I we we know what just happened. We won. But when it comes down to it, the Gators got Alabama at home, and Jacksonville anything can happen. So like the, the but even if they lose to Florida but beat Bama, they still gonna get in. Not not the not the SEC mm. championship game. That's what I'm saying. Play. If they beat Bama in the SEC championship game, they in nah. Georgia. But if Florida, if Florida does what they need to do, and they got, uh, and, and and they end up winning the East somehow, then Georgia's not going to get in. Oh, you saying if Florida wins the East, Georgia wouldn't make yeah. it? Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I, I see what you're saying there. They still need to beat. They, they need to beat Georgia anyways. They need to beat. Yeah, them yeah. Anyways, yeah. like those games, we know those games are going to be tough, but we we got to give them a chance to win the game. So. If they if they handle business, Georgia not making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still have Georgia. It was a good conversation, fellas. Let's move on to the uh, the next game. Uh, we had FSU first Notre Dame. What a hell of a game. We see McKenzie Milton's return to college football. Uh, what were you guys' reaction? Uh, do you think Notre Dame is uh, exactly what we're seeing, or do you think they are better? They didn't play up to their standard or their potential. What did you guys see on Sunday night? Uh, and is FSU back? Is FSU back? Defensively, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll Are they back? Defensively, yes. If we're talking about back, that means they're one of the premier teams in college football. One of the oh no no no! I ain't gonna say that. I mean, no. if they almost beat number ten or number nine Notre Dame. Are they not awful? Sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like they're not awful anymore. Like. That was a good ball game, good back and forth. I don't think we've seen the best of Notre Dame, obviously, throughout the season. They're going to play They're going to play tougher teams than LSU, and they're going to get exposed for whatever kind of team they are when the time comes. But, uh, yeah, I like what I saw from FSU last game. I like what I saw when Mackenzie Milton came in the game. I like what I saw from FSU's defense for a lot of the game, and they had a chance to win that game had Milton come in the game earlier. Uh, so, uh, honestly – I, I, I like I like what they did as a Gator. I like what they did because it's more fun when that team is good. That's what I told this man, bro. It's more fun. It's more fun, bro. I agree. Hey, I agree. My my biggest takeaway was Jack Cohen from Notre Dame, bro. He is he's amazing, bro. He had almost what four hundred yards. He had four TDs. He controlled the game literally all the way up until like maybe around almost the end of the third quarter when it started looking shaky for real. So and even then. He didn't look shaky at all. It was just Notre Dame's defense that was looking shaky once McKenzie Milton got in for a few snaps. And even when uh, – I can't remember the starting quarterback name right now. Travis, Travis I think that's what his Travis. name was. He, he even had a few spurts when he was getting them back into the game a little bit. But Florida State's defense, even though Jack Cohen was throwing lights out, they looked so stout, bro. Like, their, de- their run defense. Like, I was really looking at them like, damn, like – 
if Florida State offense was better than what it is right now, I would say Florida State low-key back. But it's just their offense keeping me from saying that. And you know who Jordan Travis reminds me of? He honestly reminds me of Felipe Franks, a lot of Felipe Franks. Like, he has a big arm. He can get out of the pocket, bro. But I felt like it's sometimes he makes certain decisions where it's just like, damn, bro. Come on, man. I We know you're better than that. You're way more yeah. talented than the decisions that you're making. That's why I think going with somebody like McKenzie Milton would have been way better. Maybe uh, Jordan Travis has more talent, but McKenzie is proven. Even coming off the knee injury, you see he came into the game, and that nigga looked like he played the whole game, flipping the ball off, nice throws. That shit was impressing mm-hmm. me, dog. I think FSU is – uh, when I say they're back – they're back to being fun again. So I agree with y'all. They're back to being fun. I don't know if they're back to the top of the ACC, but they're back to being fun again. They got a nice offense, good defense, but I like what I'm seeing. But what do you think Florida State should do at the quarterback position? It's a conversation at this point. McKenzie came in, looked good, but Travis had his moments. What do you rock with? I would rock with McKenzie Milton if I'm Florida State right now, just off of the fact that he he came in the game and it just came so easy to him. Like it seemed like a seamless transition when he walked onto the field. With Jordan Travis, it was like you had your burst opp- opportunities, but you threw three interceptions, bro. And two of those interceptions were dumb as hell. So if I'm moving forward, I'm starting McKenzie Milton, but I do give Jordan Travis a few s- snap opportunities. It won't be a situation where he's just completely benched. Yeah, I'm rocking with Milton the rest of the year for sure. Like, like that, that, <laughs> you're talking about it's a conversation for me. It's a short one. Like, you know, Mackenzie Milton, definitely. I'm excited to see how much he can do compared to what he could do at UCF. Obviously, that's a catastrophic injury to have to come back from. And he had an all-around game at UCF, you know, uh, running the ball, getting out of the pocket, throwing on the run, uh, getting good gains on the ground and stuff like that. But, hey, man, he, he showed, okay, at the very least, he's a very solid pocket passer. So I was just about to say, he looked good in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a, I think he can only show us more from here. Yeah, and I agree with you guys, man. That should definitely be McKenzie Milton. I said it last week. I thought they could win the game if McKenzie Milton started last week, man. So and you see they were close, even with Travis starting most of the game. I think it's him. Um, but, yeah. What other takeaway that did you guys have from uh, the first week of college football? Edgar, you brought up the UCLA and LSU game. What else stuck out to you guys? Uh, UCLA, LSU really slept on UCLA. I knew UCLA was going to have a good game, but I didn't really know who was going to win that. But LSU walked in there thinking, eh, Cali team out west, this shit finna be a breeze. We SEC. You because you seen that um, video of Coach O. He was talking to that fan. He was like, tell him, put on those sissy blue shirts. Yeah, all right, those sissy smacks, y'all. Sent <laughs> y'all home. So UCLA was definitely a great win. Uh, I didn't get to watch Utah game, but I saw some of the highlights. Utah looked very well on um, Texas. Texas might have an opportunity to be a, a big-name school when it comes to, like, talking about top 15 teams. I feel like next season, over the next season or two, they could be top 15 in the nation. So it was a few teams that looked really good this week. Man, John? <laughs> you're talking about Texas, man. They're another one of those teams that's going to have to show me because over the past few years, they had that win in the Sugar Bowl, and Sam Ellinger promptly jinxed that team into oblivion. Because <laughs> over the last <laughs> few years, all that there's been for them is difficulty. It's been just difficult for them. They're so committed 
to the eyes of Texas that they don't care if it wards recruits away. So we'll see what happens with them. I don't believe as much in the Big 12 as uh, I might have in the last few years, but I, I guess if I had to have a takeaway from week one outside of Florida Gators football, I was definitely impressed by UCLA as well. A uh, big time Me win, too. and this is a program that has been uh, solid in the past. I mean, their arch rival has at times been one of the absolute best teams in college football. So, you know, like UCLA, big win against LSU. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they play out the rest of their season. And let's talk about UF, bro. You said you went to the game. What did you see from the two quarterbacks? I know Emory had a couple of picks. Uh, Anthony Richardson was running all over the place. Like, what do you think they should do at the quarterback position at UF, man? Um, I think they should start Ant. But I, honestly, I wouldn't be upset with Emory Jones starting next week. Uh, week two against USF, I feel like he's they got they got Alabama in a couple weeks, though, bro. Like, no, who are you rocking I, with? I know, and there's no margin for error. There's very minimal time to figure it out. But the thing about Emory is, uh, he played bad. We don't. We haven't seen him play at his mean level, at his average level. I believe in regression or progression to the mean. If somebody's in the stratosphere, they're going to come crashing down. And if somebody's in the deepest depths of the ocean, they're going to break the surface. So when that happens, I don't know how good Emory Jones is. The thing about that is, and I've been saying this to a bunch of people around me, Emory Jones playing at the level he is capable of, I don't know if he's better than Anthony Richardson is right now. Because what I saw... Oh! Is That's what I'm saying. Whoa! Different. Bro, that nigga, he's 6'5", 240, and he run like a 4'4", four, four, bro. That yes. nigga's... 73, bro. <laughs> the hole and... Bro, that nigga was out of there, bro. Hurdling <laughs> the dude... I have been telling people... I have been telling people I don't have a problem with Emory Jones, but what I seen from Emory Jones when Franks was there, even last season with tra- him backing up Trask, the moments he got in games, they just didn't do anything for me because I'm like... If Dan really seen something in Emory to where, like, Emory feels like, if I just stay here longer, I'm going to get my opportunity, it, it it doesn't show now because when you got in as a backup, we knew what you were doing as soon as you touched the field. You were doing yeah. RPOs or you were doing, like, you know, slant passes and things like that. I didn't see any deep threats. I didn't even see any mid-level passes. Emory Jones has not shown me true quarterback material. So when he was named the starter – I honestly was shocked. I'm really thinking that UF is going to go out and recruit a four-star, five-star QB to just, like, damn their rebuild. <laughs> that, that, that's why I told Quincy, I was like, bro, I don't have any expectations this year. Last year was our year. That was supposed to be our year to do something if we were going to do something. Now, we should have just tried to rebuild. We should have just went and recruited a top QB and just tried to build a new team and just over the next two, three years, try to become that team. But that's, that's Emory Jones thing, is bro. not that guy, bro. I, I like him. I want him to do well if he's going to play. But Anthony Richardson is the choice between the two. I don't think Florida can recruit top quarterbacks i don't think they're the school for it because especially with the system that you're running now dan mullen's system he's not going to have like a pocket passers and most of the quarterbacks that he brings in doesn't have great arms and we see the same thing with anthony richardson like he didn't when throwing the ball he didn't look that great either like but when running the ball he looked excellent 
But throwing the ball, both of the quarterbacks have questions. And when you got Alabama in a couple of weeks, it's like, nigga, you got to throw the ball because they shutting all that running shit down. So I don't really know who they're going to go with in a couple of weeks, bro, because it's still up in the air. Somebody has to show me something when it comes to passing, bro. Emory had two picks that were kind of like unforced, and then I just didn't see enough with Anthony Rich throwing the ball. So it still remains to be seen for Florida, man. But, uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, moving on to Two Wild Wednesday, bro. You got it. All right, first poll. The Tampa Bay Rays will win the World Series. Too wild or not too wild? <laughs> I'm going to say I, I, I got too winning. wild. I'm going to say not too wild. Whoa. What? I'm going to say too wild. That's way too wild. That's too wild. My guy, way too wild. Bro, we are a top three team in pitching. We're like, what, fifth? It, um, it runs. We're we're one of the top. We are we lead the league in RBIs. Like we're we're going crazy right now. Like we're one of the top statistically. We're one of the top teams in the, damn near every category. I, I I know what the Rays are. I'm mad familiar with the what the Rays are. <laughs> I respect the Rays, and I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of the the AL. In fact, like I wouldn't be. I I might pick them to come out of the AL. They're not the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers were arguably the top World Series contender going into the year. And then they added not only Max Scherzer, one of the top arms in the history of the game, but Trey Turner, one of the best infielders in the game. And they're not completely healthy right now and haven't been healthy all year. But guess what? They're rolling. Rolling. We've been on like a, what, 11-game <laughs> win streak recently? I feel like we're finna close out the rest of the season on a win streak, bro. I'm telling you. Or at least only two to three more losses. You're just not the Dodgers. That's literally the, <laughs> the only reason I, I don't it's too wild. Not because the Rays can't play, not because they're not one of the best teams in the league, but because they are not the Dodgers. That's it. <laughs> bro, I, I, I trust I, I trust Franco and Cruz, bro. I trust Kiermaier. I, I trust these boys, bro. We we were so close last year against the Dodgers, <laughs> even though even though it was 4-2. I, I feel like we had the grit. We had the the determination and the talent. But the Dodgers got better though, bro. The but Dodgers I, got I, better. <laughs> we, roster depth wise, we haven't gotten better, but the familiarity of the team, along with the talent still being there and the health still being there, plus the fact that might be the team we run into again if it's a you know a back to back rematch. I, I feel like we would we would have that edge in this year. We'll see. We're gonna I see, think bro. It's not way too wild. I guess it's not way too wild. I think it's too wild. Because you you wild. think it's too you think it's too wild for the poll, yeah. but it's, the they'll is, make it. You're you running three man rotations. So if the Dodgers are running out Kershaw, Bueller, and Max Scherzer, and Arias goes to the bullpen and starts in in spots, David Price goes to the bullpen to add to the bullpen arms they already have. Mookie Betts has been picking up his place since the All Star break. Cody Bellinger has figured it out somewhat at this point in the season. He started off really slow, but he's figuring it out. AJ Pollock has played well this year. He's on the IL right now, so he's got to come back and get added to the fold. Pujols against lefties is ridiculous. They're still winning games with all of these injuries. They've been hurt on and off all year. And right now they're looking like the best team in baseball. And if they win this division, the Giants have been good all year too. So they've been playing great teams all year. They've been playing great in over the past few months. And they're the defending champions who got better. So I gotta, I gotta go with the Dodgers. The Rays yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame you. Series, too wild, man. 
I don't blame you, bro. <laughs> I think I think I think we up there though. Not not too wild is winning that poll 71%. So I'm sure a lot of Rays fans voted on that. Uh next one. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> uh the Steelers will miss the playoffs this season. Too wild or not too wild? Not too wild. Not too wild. Not too wild at all. Uh 58%, not too wild for that one. Uh, who's under more pressure for success, Jameis Winston or Sam Darnold? Ooh, Sam Darnold. I love Sam Darnold. Jameis Winston. I say Jameis. I think it's Sam, bro. Because I think Sam, he has the the pieces to to step in and win games. Like I said, I think he's going to perform under this pressure, but he has to perform. New system, you got weapons, the coach believes in you. It's like, okay, Sam, like you have to produce something. I think we know that Jameis can do it, but it's like, at what level? Are you going to throw hella pigs? Are you going to throw hella touchdowns? We just don't know what we're going to get with Jameis. But we haven't even seen it yet with Sam Darnold. I think that's that. I think you proved the point, though, on why it's more pressure on Jameis. We don't know what we're going to get from you, and you're in, what, year six? Wait, no, is this year six or seven for him now? Like, the, the first four to five years of your career is like, we we know you could throw a lot of touchdowns, but you can also put us in jeopardy and lose us a lot of games by throwing a lot of picks. And you just had a very extensive QB battle with a guy that's not even a true quarterback. It wasn't so, extensive, bro. It wasn't yes, it extensive. Was. That they knew who the quarterback was over there. No, they all right. Well, if you knew who the quarterback was, you would have been confident to say Taysom that Hill? Throughout the whole summer. Taysom Hill. They, they didn't name Jameis to start until two weeks ago. Stop Sean, acting like bro. they be real, everybody Sean, knew be real, who the bro. quarterback was. Sean, be real, bro. Sean, if, if Jameis Winston was clearly the quarterback, why why would they not make it known sooner? Why did you wait until two weeks before the season started to say, oh, I don't care yeah, how you Jameis feel about Jameis, bro. That is not a competition between him and Taysom Hill. All right. Hill, well, well, tell, tell, um, what you call it that? Tell the Saints that. I don't think it's tell, tell, tell Sean Payton that. Because, bro, if Jameis don't do something this year, I know he don't have Michael Thomas. I'm not asking him to have a great season. But if you throw anything near what you was throwing your last season with Tampa Bay, he ain't going to look at shit, you bro. like, bro, you all right. Think I'm about saying, the system dude. the Saints run. They, they throw a lot of check downs, short passes. It's not deep shit like they were throwing in Tampa Bay. But you have Jameis, who is known for being a deep passer. You gonna change Jameis' game? Deep, or you gonna yeah. change the system? You gonna take? You gonna, you gonna take shots? You gonna take shots? But you're not gonna throw all of that shit throughout the entire game like the Bucks was doing. Man, I'm I'm telling you, Jameis got more pressure, bro. Sam, yeah. Sam Darnold went in the poll 58, percent but I think Jameis got easily more has more pressure than me, man. Okay, we know Sam Darnold was a top five pick. We know he's playing on a different team, and there's obviously. A lot of pressure that goes with that because if you're one of the top picks in the draft, one of the first quarterbacks taken off the board, and you're not playing for the team that drafted you and you're not even in year five, like, yeah, that's obviously a lot of pressure there. But Jameis Winston is following up one of the greatest quarterbacks to have ever played the game. And this team, the Saints, has made the playoffs like all the last few years. They've been a playoff contender every year. They're playing in the NFC South. They even made it last year with the. But do they have the expectations of that though, bro? I don't think a lot of their fans have the expectations like we're playoffs like that. They, I think they are realistic. Like nine and seven might be the peak for the team, or nine and eight might be the peak. Ten and seven might be the peak for the team. But when you've had that kind of success, it's kind of hard to have to expect a huge drop off. So they're expecting Jameis Winston to be able to uh, plug the holes be a stopgap, just do what he needs to do. 
So, I mean, I think he has more pressure because everybody's expecting him to do something. Nobody really knows what's going to happen with Sam Darnold. And I think a lot of people are okay not knowing. But everybody expects mm. this to be a lot better than he's been over the course of his career. And we've already seen flashes of that talent. So we're expecting him to finally put it all together, you know. Because with Sam Darnold, all, all I point. got to go off of all I got to go off of with Sam Darnold is the Jets. And then one of them Jets games, you said you were seeing ghosts. Like I don't even know what you <laughs> said. Like I, I don't have any expectations for you. If you, that's not pressure, see. I don't know what is. Nigga, you seeing ghosts, nigga. You go to another team, but hey, you better tighten your ass up. But, but you're not even a year what? You're not even year four yet. Like, and that's a problem. On, you're in year four. Twice a year, man. I said you're not even in year four yet. That's what I'm saying. Like, Jameis, you 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 over. I mean, over, Josh Rosen couldn't even in. get it the year two. Josh Rosen was out of the league by year two or wasn't starting by year two. I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I feel like. I mean, I don't think the years really more, matter anymore. More people agree with you, though. Sam Darnold, 58% winning that poll. Uh, Le'Veon Bell joining the Ravens makes them a top three AFC Super Bowl contender. Too wild or not too wild? Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. The Ravens strength aren't a top three Super Bowl contender. We're not even talking about just the AFC. We're saying overall. No, he said AFC. He said AFC. I said AFC. Oh, you said AFC. Okay. Yeah. I was like, damn. It's still wild. It's still wild as fuck. No, it's still wild as fuck. I say, I say not too wild. I got Chiefs. Um, Bills and Browns as my top three, but it's not too wild to say that the Ravens adding the Le'Veon Titans Bell are clearly better than them. Up there. With with the addition of the Le'Veon Titans. Bell, I don't know. No, he keeps saying Le'Veon Bell like he's gonna make that big of a they difference. Running, they played okay. the Titans a couple years ago. They weren't running anywhere. They weren't. You said when they what? They weren't. They weren't running anywhere against the Titans a couple saying, years. When you have, so you saying they over the weapon. Patriots? Mm-hmm. Yes. They over the coach. Yes. The Bills? You put the Bills up there? Chiefs and the Bills and the Browns are my top three AFC teams. So they the Ravens be better are better. The Ravens are better the than Patriots. the Colts. They're better than the Patriots. They're better than the Dolphins. They're better than the Chargers. But the thing whoa, is. Whoa, whoa. They're not better than the Chargers Patriots. The Titans. They're probably six. They're probably six. But Pete, when you top three, when you say top three Super Bowl contender, you're not only saying that. Uh, they're going to have to compete against the field and beat the field. You're saying that they're going to have to eventually go through one or more of the teams you just put in the top three. So even if they beat a team like the Browns or the Titans, are they then going to go beat the Chiefs or the Bills? Because they're going to have to go through one or more of them. Do you think the Ravens are going to do that like they, over the course of the entire year? They fully have a agree. strong chance, bro. They got a chance. Oh, hell no. They got a chance, bro. <laughs> Ain't no strong chance. They got a chance. <laughs> But more people agree with y'all. 58% too wild. Shout out Lamar, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what's the best movie so far this year? Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Candyman, Don't Breathe 2, or Other? Don't Breathe 2, for sure. I feel like I was the only vote for Don't Breathe 2, but I, I accept it. I say Shang-Chi. Man, movie I... of the year? Over Cruella? So far. It says so far. What's the best movie of the year so far? I got Sean Chi over Cruella. Cruella was my movie of the year for the You long just capped last episode review. You said uh, Cruella's still oh, yeah. Uh, No, I had, what you call it? I said Sean Chi, Candyman, Cruella. No, Sean Chi, Candyman, Judas and the Black Messiah, Cruella, and Don't Breathe Too. 
Oh, now you capping, bro. You've been saying Cruella this oh. whole time. No, I haven't. Yes, you literally, have. Literally, our last movie review, I had Cruella in the top five. I just didn't have them, like, number one anymore. Bro, you I said, said Shang-Chi and Candyman. I said Shang-Chi and Candyman were better than Cruella. Mm. Sean. What you got, though, Sean? I've been in the theaters this year, man. Like, it's been me and wrestling. Like, <laughs> that's what so the the real winner of the best movie of the year is in our hearts, man. Like that's what. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a lot of votes. Real movie, it's a lot of votes for other role here, though. We made along the way, like you know, that's how it's, we. It's a, it's a lot of votes on here for other. So you might get a Cruella. You might get a Quiet Place Two with them other votes. You might get Quiet a Quiet Place Two was live. Yeah, you might get a few different votes. Judas and the Black Messiah could have been one of those other votes, you know. So people, people uh, might have Suicide Squad too. Don't please don't do that. Don't do that. I ain't seen it, so like don't I don't do that. Sean <laughs> Chi is winning that poll though, fifty nine percent. UCLA will be a top five ranked team before the end of the season. Too wild, not too wild. Big cap, not too wild, not too wild. Well, I, I fully expect- agree. I don't expect it, but I mean, if they win the Pac-12, uh, you know, you get, you're gonna consider them for that spot anyway. So. You still got to go through Oregon, bro. I don't think they get past Oregon. We'll oh, no, I, we'll I say not too wild, bro. They playing real aggressive. I love their quarterback. I feel like. But we just talked about all the teams. Team, we just had a, a whole argument about everybody that's gonna be in the conversation for the college football playoff. We said Cincinnati. We said Texas A&M. We said Clemson. And that was damn near the top five because you already got Alabama and Oklahoma up there. So where does UCLA fit into that you, whole you said, situation? UCLA could make a jump this, this season. They can because they're what top sixteen right now. I think they're they're number sixteen if I'm not mistaken. Once they keep winning by the end of the season, they they could make a jump to a top five position, like you said with Cincinnati. They could make a jump that high. They're already there. Cincinnati already there. there. Cincinnati just already almost there. I feel like UCLA can jump up to that level. It depends on how their wins look over the course of the season. So if they win the Pac-12 and they whoop everybody on the way there, then yeah, they might end up in the top five. I don't expect it. I wouldn't put money on it. But is it too wild or not too wild? That's not too wild. You know, I can see it. Uh, Too wild is winning that poll 57%. Uh, next one. Who will have the most fantasy points this season? Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, or other? McCaffrey. That's an a thousand, a thousand man, bro. <laughs> he gonna get the stats for sure. Yeah, I say Christian McCaffrey. Assuming all of them are healthy, yeah, Christian McCaffrey handling business. Uh, McCaffrey got thirty six percent. Derrick Henry at twenty four. Other at twenty three, and Dalvin Cook at seventeen. So Dalvin Cook getting last for that one. And the last poll, Cincinnati will make the college football playoff. Too wild or not too wild? Too wild, y'all niggas. <laughs> too wild. Not too wild, man. Too wild is winning that. Too wild is winning sixty percent. Even if they deserve it, we know what's gonna happen. Like, come on. I can see your point. I can see your point. I can see your point. Let's move on with entertainment and current events. Let's start off with this Drake leaks Kanye and Andre three thousand track. You can dive more into it. So Kanye West leaked the track with Andre three thousand featuring. It wasn't originally supposed to be a diss track. But when Kanye made it, he I think he made tweaks to his verse after they originally made the song. So Andre 3000 isn't on there dissing Drake or dissing anybody. 
but his verse is on that on the song now with Kanye dissing Drake and whoever else he may be dissing. Andre 3000 came out with a statement saying that he didn't want the song to leak this way. He didn't want to be a part of this because he's admitted, I want to work with Drake. I want to work with Jay-Z. I want to work with a lot of these new young rappers who are hot now. Like, I don't want to be in the middle of any of this type of stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought it was weird. But Drake is the one who leaked the song. But we know why. That's he what I'm saying. But because, you know, his thing with Kanye. So and I think this all goes back to the video of him laughing in the car. You know, you got the song 7 a.m. on Bridal Path. But I think he was like, not only am I going to talk my shit in this song, I'm going to leak the song that you didn't want to get out. Granted, somebody got to be the middleman in the middle in the way that gets hurt, which is under 3000. That's messed up. But hey, we, we at war right now. You either in the middle or that's going to get fired on. You're going to choose your side. This shit lame on both sides, on Kanye's side and on Drake's side. This shit lame, bro. As for, for Drake, why are you leaking that shit? Like, it's so unnecessary being that you you have the upper hand, bro. You won. Niggas is fucking with your album more. Like, the beef with Kanye is so played out to me. Like, I thought this shit died out a couple weeks ago, and it's just starting to rekindle some fire, and it doesn't even make sense for real. Like, just get over the shit. He released or exposed the news about your son, bro. It's cool. Now your son is known to everybody. It's cool. Like, that situation is deaded. So for you but to drop be, this and for Andre shit, to be the middleman, what's, the, be, what's more shit? I don't know. We don't know these I don't think that's more shit. I think it's just two niggas being lame, bro. I really do. Kanye, play, bro, Kanye putting a diss, Drake diss. At a, it was such a beautiful verse by Andre 3000, bro. Mm-hmm. He was being so open, talking about his mother, talking about uh, Kanye's mother, Donda. Like, it was so open. And for you to put that trash uh, Drake diss at the back end was like, come on, yay. You done been a part of too many beautiful tracks to do that dumb shit, bro. It even makes sense. Even if you were just thinking about putting that shit out. Yeah, it was bad on your part. And I don't even know how the fuck Drake got his hands on that shit anyway. Because yeah. like he said in the song, on one of his songs, uh, I get your niggas motivation. Your circle slowly is shrinking. I see people escaping. He got people that you, like he had Kid Cudi on the album. Kid Cudi probably could have gave it to him. Because remember, Drake and Kid Cudi had a beef at one time. But obviously, that's not happening anymore. You know, Kid Cudi is usually on Kanye's side with good music and all These that. These niggas so. are 40 years old, bro. Hey, hey, hey. These niggas are for hey, Andre 3K is 50 something. Like, come yeah. on, yo. What are we doing? Yeah, here? Hey, I ain't saying no, I ain't saying <laughs> right. No, I'm I feel I feel you, bro. But it's just it's just lame on both sides, bro. Sean, how you feel about it? Yeah, it's mad lame. I mean, at the end, if three stacks is catching a stray in any way, shape, or form, like that's lame in and of itself. Whether they had a legit beef that deserved attention and was founded on things that are like, you know, legitimately matter and aren't completely petty or not. Like pulling Andre 3000's name into this when he keeps to himself, does what he needs to do. Like man will be, they'll they'll catch man's at the park playing the flute, you know, like he just does his own thing. So yeah, like he he gives, he, he gives the world a verse. And, and what, what did Drake think he was gaining by leaking a track with three? That's Drake? what I'm saying. Come on. I don't get it. I don't get it. You what had is all this? the attention. You had all the momentum. You just dropped your album. You're Drake. Everybody everybody loves the album. So like, it's just. But, bro, this, this is this is hip-hop, bro. This is hip hop. So are we are we gonna sit here and say is that really hip hop though, bro? No, because Pete, bro, we we've seen grimier shit done. We've heard grimier, shit but we never done. have we're a middleman like this. This is one on one shit. If we're saying we're one on one. If we're saying it's 
to hip hop, you drop your track, I track legit, like go at people legitimately, like not necessarily to the point where there's like violence involved and stuff like that. Like I don't mess with any of that, but like, you know, throw shots directly, like do it on a track. And this is the purpose of this track, like either, you know, what were the first words we heard when the beat, when the beat came on, like that, it was legit. Like, you know, I'm putting my best bars out there. You putting your best bars out there. We talking about ability um, and all of this other stuff. Like, of course, it's going to get dirty every time there's any kind of beef. But just this pettiness is just it's not fun for anybody because the fan bases are now trying to take sides. Like, I'm not about to involve myself in that. I'm going to listen to Drake's album. I'm going to listen to Ye's album and I'm going to enjoy it. Nobody, Nobody should legitimately care enough about the beef to for that. Because Andre 3000 is stuck in the middle. That's the real problem, Andre 3000 being stuck in the middle, bro. If y'all niggas was just going at each other, that's fine to me. But the fact that you wasted such a beautiful verse on a Drake, this is where it's like, what are you doing? And the fact that Drake dropped it is why I'm just like, none of this shit really makes sense to begin with. So it was just like, man, it, it was lame on both parts. That's all I got to say. Petty subliminal stuff, man. Petty. Petty. Like, bro, he, I don't know what else they could be beefing out about other than the, the son situation, but everybody fuck with Drake's son now, so I don't see what the big beef is, bro. Nigga just keep going at each other. But I, I think it's more stuff than that, though, bro. That's what I'm saying. It has to be because, like you said, it ain't no other shit publicly that we know. It ain't no other shit to be beefing about. So that's why I'm saying it must be more stuff because, like I said, in some of the songs Drake released recently with Sutterfire Loverboy, he's been saying, look, people are like we've tried to patch things up. We've tried to have meetings and talk this stuff out and we kind of almost get to a point, but then y'all, you and your team or somebody over there, y'all do some crazy stuff. And then it's like, nah, like I try to be cool with y'all. I try to be, you know, I try to, you know, keep my respect, but now it's to the point where no, I'm going to put my foot on your neck and I'm going to just say whatever. And whoever in the crossfire, ever in the crossfire, is it right? No, but it is what it is. So, <laughs> and the fact that Drake and Andre 3000 have a relationship, like, cause he's been on Drake's album before, so it's like you feel like he would have some type of um emotion to not drop it when you know somebody is going to be caught in the middle of that would have come to his head at some point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, let's move forward with the uh, the Boosie biopic, man. I don't know who asked for this shit, but we getting it. Let me play this. <laughs> <laughs> to get us from around you should nobody have to live like this nobody y'all okay i got to get us from around you should nobody have to live like this nobody money spend it on the bills because i knew you was gonna spend it on that shit. hey bro what y'all want to do when y'all grow up i can see it right now I'm the next week. You call it in? Life is 15. Yeah, that shit definitely lagging. Yeah. Yeah, for trying to look straight, though. Try to, try to look straight. But how y'all feel about it? Boosie biopic reaction. Because he's actually in the biopic, too. <laughs> Usually when you get biopics, niggas is not in there. So it's... Uh, I'm not mad at it. Do I think it's going to do well? Uh, that I don't know. It's kind of... I hope it don't give me BET vibes. The production of it doesn't look like BET vibes, so I'm hoping it's not. But um, I, I'm I'm not mad at a Bootsy story though, like a Bootsy slash like Trill Fam story. I'm not mad at that. Did we at get all. that already? 
What? Nah, what? Did he have a, like a documentary or some shit? Like back in the day, he dropped like 2010. It, it was um, you talking about ghetto stories with Pimp ghetto P stories? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like he's trying to be more personal because we we might get his version of his story. You know, with him going to jail for that time and then being released and then life after that and all that. So I, I'm not mad at a Boosie because Boosie one of the top, in my opinion, he's one of the top three, top four artists to ever come out of Louisiana. So I, I'm not mad at a biopic on somebody like that. Yeah, man. Like, I understand his story and I understand why it needs to be told. I personally have no interest in it, especially, like, uh, based on, like, what I've seen over the past year or so from him just inserting himself in conversations that uh, don't concern him. It seems like he comes out of the woodwork. Anytime, like, anything gay is mentioned, like, <laughs> Boozy has to have something to say. has nothing to do with the matter and so like I, I just not interested in any content concerning him but hey hopefully people who want to see it enjoy it um i remember him getting out of jail uh i i used to live in louisiana so like you know whatever like i hope people enjoy it who want to go see it i personally have no interest in it yes i agree and let's move forward with the Britney Spears conservatorship is. So this was a big deal because if you guys did not know, and if you guys did not watch the Framing Britney Spears series, that whole documentary was mostly about her conservatorship and her father having the conservatorship over her life. If you don't know what conservatorship is, it's basically somebody else having control of your life. So when it comes to medical treatment, when it comes to therapy, when it comes to your estate, they have control of it. It has to be cleared by that person before you can do anything. And in Britney Spears situation, it was her father, Jamie uh, Spears. And I think he started to have conservatorship around 2009. And it just ended uh, this month in 2021. He gave up the reins, said he didn't want to have it anymore. And he feels like she is ready to live her own life now and he doesn't have to be a part of it even though she's been screaming this shit since for a minute now she's been screaming this shit man so how do y'all feel about this mm, i don't really know how to feel uh i've never had anybody have that huge of a control over my should life should anybody so... have that type of control on your life let's ask that question first should anybody nah, have that type no. of control? Nah, no. Because we know everything Britney Spears went through uh, during her downfall, but damn, was a conservatorship needed in her situation? No. They just used it to exploit her. And my, right now, my nose is still open for the BS, man. I'm trying, like, if I smell the fumes coming toward me, like, I'm waiting for that because it seems like everything's just happening uh, too easily and too quickly just based on the whole fight that was involved. Maybe they don't want to continue to struggle or maybe they have some other stuff going on behind the scene. But given everything that Brittany said she wanted to do, hasn't been able to do, for them to relinquish control like that just because everything is public, something tells me that like that wouldn't necessarily deter them to the point where they just, all right, I'm going to take a step back and no strings attached. Like I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for the I'm waiting for the rest to drop. And cuz this has been public for a minute. We just got framing Britney Spears in 2020 where it basically talked about the whole conservatorship story. So that came out in 2020 and he still wasn't trying to relinquish the conservatorship. But now uh, almost a year later you're trying to give it up like what has changed for you over the past year? Like, is it the money? Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> cuz I don't see any downfall for him if he were to keep 
being the conservator for Britney Spears? Like, what are you gaining from giving it up? Even though Britney shouldn't be under him, period. I don't know what he gains from that. So I agree with Sean that something else must be going on behind closed doors because the shit just happened too quickly, bro. Now you want to give it up after 13 years when she's been screaming this shit since like 2010? Like, come on, bro. Something else going on. So I fully agree with that. But definitely shout out to Britney Spears. She finally has her life back, man. That, that shit was crazy. When you look at it on framing Britney Spears, she couldn't do a lot of shit. Like, she could not even get therapy unless her father cleared it. She couldn't get her money unless her father cleared it. She couldn't do anything. She couldn't go on tour unless her father cleared it. So all of that shit is out the way now. She, we probably going to see more Britney Spears tours now since she's actually open and can make money off of it now. So definitely shout out to Britney Spears, man. She definitely deserve it. It's been damn no damn sure been enough time. And let's move on to this Blues Clues Steve returns. I'm not going to play the video because it looks laggy on the screen. But Edgar, you watched the video. Uh, how do you feel about it? It was a lot of closer, bro. It was closer that I didn't even know I needed, bro. Because when Steve left Blues Clues, I wasn't watching it anymore. But it was still a moment where it's like, damn, like that's one of your OG shows like you used to watch. So <laughs> just to see of just to see him abruptly leave like that and everybody's like whoa like they replacing steve and there's no story on what happened for him to come back and say hey guys like i've been you know getting my life together i went to college i found it out i found out what i wanted to do like i ended up succeeding in things that i was passionate about blah 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 and i just wanted to come back and tell y'all i never forgot about y'all like that hit home because it's like bro it made you feel like, damn, we really getting old, bro. Like, Steve is, like, old yeah, yeah. telling us about his life and shit. So, it just, it tugged my heartstrings because I'm like, I was one of them people like, damn, not Steve. Because Blue's Clues, I heard, just, it just ain't been the same without him. Like, certain shows, I feel like you just got to end it when, when certain characters leave. Yeah. I've seen the video, but I didn't really feel any type of way. It was just like, okay. I, I didn't think I needed an update on Steve. Once he left my, like, he left the TV screen, he was, like, kind of out of sight, out of mind type of thing. Like, I didn't really think of him again until I seen him in this video. I'm just like, damn, I ain't seen Steve. So everything started yeah, to come to me then. It's like, I ain't seen Steve in a minute. Like, damn, that shit crazy. But before that, I was not asking questions about him. It was something I didn't think I needed until I seen it. That That's how I feel. It was like, damn, I didn't know I needed that closure. <laughs> <laughs> damn sean was you around during the blues clues days you're a young boy yeah, man, i used to watch <laughs> blues clues for sure man that was one of my favorite shows as a little toddler so being that i was a little toddler i can't really remember when he left like i knew there was a different guy uh, i knew there were different people on there but it was mad cool to see because even though i i don't necessarily have that uh emotional connection as far as like having seen him leave and remembering that moment in the episode, like, I used to love Blue's Clues, man. I used to watch Blue's Clues, Dora, all the shows like that. I used to watch those every day. So, like, those are some of the first memories you have of watching shows like that. Like, they taught you things. They taught you basic things in life. So That's facts, you know, bro. I, I can still, you know, we've we been knowing the male song by heart, and, like, that was the dude I was watching. <laughs> so We just got a letter. <laughs> 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 it just like come full circle and everybody has that shared experience that's just so cool to me um it, it, yeah so it was cool to see it wasn't necessarily as like emotional to me where like all like you know like some people are like oh man i'm getting choked up like but i was like yeah like i 
I remember when Steve was on Blues. I remember watching yeah, Blues as a kid. And so he meant something to a lot of people's childhoods. Like even, you know, I can remember like I was four years old watching Blues Clues. But when I talk about, man, what did what did you watch as a toddler? What what were some of the shows you watched? And like everybody will talk about stuff like Sesame Street. Uh, they'll talk about, uh, you know, Blues Clues and, and, and you know, the more shows that were t- uh, the wiggles next nigga sleep on the wiggles oh, wiggles man yes. y'all niggas sleep on the wiggles boy the wiggles was fire the wiggles was fire bro the doodle box bro they was on it bro they, the wiggles they, were not the wiggles was fire you tripping you see like if we got a message from the wiggles then i would be choked up for real because i still remember the wiggles now i did not like the wiggles <laughs> that shit was fire. Bro, that fruit, that fruit so salad shit was lame. Fruit salad, was- hey, oh, yummy, yummy. Hey, that shit was fire. That was a banger, bro. What is you talking about? Oh my that god, that shit was not bro. it. Fruit salad <laughs> was not <laughs> it, bro. No respect, bro. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm telling you, this nigga tripping. Don't like the Wiggles. Come on. Bro. Oh, I seen them niggas live in concert before. Man, come on. Yeah, Sean, like, nah, uh, I ain't going to see them. Nigga. <laughs> nah, I seen them niggas live action, bro. When I was a jit, definitely did. I, I ain't having the pictures being like that. Like, Sean, Sean was like, nah, I ain't going to see them. <laughs> I ain't like them like that. Man. That's, a, that's a step past, like, what I want. Oh, no, I was addicted to them niggas. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, Edgar, I want you to dive into this topic. Uh, Texas governor says law will end rape. What are you talking about? Yeah. This is the Abbott dude. This is the same this dude with the long. voter suppression, too. With the what? Voter suppression. He trying to suppress yeah. the voters in Texas, too. Like, this nigga a wild individual, bro. So, the, the abortion law is real. Like, it has been passed. It's not being talked about. It's not being voted on anymore. Texas, you are no longer allowed to get an abortion within that... Uh, Six weeks. Like after that six week time span, mm. you know, and biologically, most women don't find out when they're pregnant until after that six weeks is up, you know. So they're saying that if you try to get an abortion, you could be arrested. Uh, they're saying if anybody helps you, any anybody that they find out trying to help you could be arrested. Any doctor that you go to and does it could be arrested and lose their license. Like all of these factors are playing in now, and they're saying this law could end rape. And I'm like, what does not being able to get an abortion... I read the article and it didn't make sense. I read the article and it didn't make sense. What does not being able to get an abortion after getting pregnant have to do with people not forcefully putting themselves on you? That has nothing to do with the same thing. They were were saying that to get to the point of ending rape, they would have to take everybody off, all the rapists off the streets first. But I'm like, how are you going to find the rapists unless you have somebody who was raped? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all, bro. That's what they, I read the article coincide, and it didn't bro. make sense. They, they don't, don't make sense. So this is the governor of Texas making abortion laws, making decisions for women when the nigga don't even know what's going on. Like you just said, women don't even know they're pregnant until six weeks into it, and that's going to be the cutoff line. Niggas gonna get arrested for that. Like, bro, this is wild. I think I seen the trend going on on social media, like about the men shouldn't make decisions about women's bodies, and that shit is true, bro. A white man making another decision on a woman's body, 
going downhill. Yeah, and it's a it's wild. a room full of it's a room full of old white men that really have no first off, they don't even know what today's time is like outside of law anyway. They don't know what the you know what the social economic social economic ladder looks like when it comes to young people and everything. Like they don't know what life is right now, really. They're thinking with an old ass mindset, an old patriarch mindset that don't mm. even really include people that don't look like them. So mm. I don't understand how a room full of people like that. And I think there's may there were maybe one or two older white women that were in the same room, but still that that's not a situation where where only those people can make those decisions. You need younger people, you need middle-aged, older people, you need people from all races, you need multiple people for topics like that. Because you And you know who's with... going to be affected the most by this? Black women are going to be affected yeah. the most by this decision, I'm say you're dealing with something that's not even affecting women in y'all race, really. Like, this is really affecting us. This is affecting minorities the most, I feel. So I, I just, I don't understand this. This shit is crazy. You're going to tell a woman she can't, what, what she can and can't do with her body? Like, that, that's fucked up, bro. That's wild. And I'm hearing other states are listening and trying to uh, copy the abortion law, too. Wasn't Georgia on the same type of time? George, I want to say Georgia was, was thinking about it. Shit. Yeah, so, man, other states thinking they, about they, it. They blew now, though, so I don't, I don't know what Georgia going to oh. do. Oh. So. Okay, Sean? Uh, yeah, I'm from Texas. I still, I, I still got some people I know there, so after seeing these people uh, not do anything about the whole uh, electrical grid and the infrastructure there to the point where people were literally freezing to death this past winter uh, during that situation, which they were warned about uh, over the years, like 20 years ago were warned about. Uh, they can miss me with saying they're doing anything to stop anything. And on top of that, like when we talk about abortion in the United States, like we never talk about uh, genuine solutions that would actually decrease the number of abortions in the country because less people need abortions. It's always about uh, punishment and, and, and the deterrent being jail when we have the largest prison population in the world. So obviously that solution is not working enough to stop these types of things from happening. So it's not a legitimate deterrent and it's cruel and it's inhumane. So that's just talking about the whole uh, punishment aspect to it, but we're that's not even getting into the fact that we don't have uh, comprehensive and reliable sex ed in this country. So people are arguing over like the humanity of the life at that point when they're, they don't study that in school in depth. Um, they, a lot of people will say just don't have sex when there's not enough sex ed for people to understand what to do safely. Um, so and and then it just comes down to just controlling what women can do when men are the men are the ones getting people pregnant and they can get people exactly. pregnant at any point during the year. There's only a certain part of the month where women can even get pregnant. So we're focusing in on women not being able to get abortions. There's no sex ed. There's nothing being done about poverty. There's nothing being done about any of the reasons why people get abortions. And they're talk. Everybody talks about adoption as an option, but. Uh, those systems need to be overhauled too. So it's like they don't want to do anything for any of the issues surrounding things. They're not asking people why they feel they need an abortion. And do they think people are just getting them willy-nilly as birth control? I'm it's telling you. <laughs> it's a healthcare procedure. Healthcare in this Crazy, country bro. is free, bro. We got free vaccines and that was a revelation, bro. So do people think that anybody's just paying $1,000 to just go get an abortion? 
they created this boogeyman using it uh, as a political tool so that it can get brownie points with people who just suck. So like it's it, it's very frustrating. Um, I've been more upset with it in recent times, but there are a lot of things they do which uh, force me to have to sit down and consider like, okay, what am I feeling? What why am I feeling that way? And what should I say about it so that I'm not just going willy nilly like Mary Gabbett, I hope you choke on dry chicken. Um, stuff like that you know it's just it, it's just very frustrating um and i i hope the supreme court eventually does something about the law but uh, as it stands right now it's just very harmful and they're not actually pursuing actual solutions meanwhile like uh police municipalities are steady getting more money and more money and they're treated to fund the police like some boogeyman uh but they don't actually want to decrease like the amount of abortions they don't want to uh, stop people from needing abortions. There's never that kind of focus. They never talk about that kind of focus. And it's all, like we said, it's always men making these decisions on uh, what women should do. There's just no kind of education based on miseducation, misinformation, and they just run with it and pass laws. These people are going to be gone in 30 years. So it's just ridiculousness. Shit is definitely crazy, bro. <laughs> uh, Edgar, you got anything else on that? Uh, no, that's it. All right, man, and let's move forward with the certified lover boy reaction. So Drake did drop this week. The album was a Drake album. We knew what we was going to get with Drake. And how do y'all feel about it, man? What would y'all rate it? And what would you probably rank it among his best albums? Mm, what would I rank? Like 1 to 10? Uh, 8.5. And where would you put it? Uh... Was this better than views? It could be. Was this top better five. than take care? Okay. Certified Lover Boy is top five for sure. So this is better than Scorpion. My 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 top five is per personally. This is my top five because I I know what the number one should be. But my top five is Thank Me Later, Take Care, Nothing Was the Same, Certified Lover Boy, then Views. Oh. <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> you know views better than that shit. <laughs> nah. I, I got a certified little boy of uh, views. I, I, I just I don't know. I just liked his switch ups a lot better mm -hmm. than views. Um I'm a Drake fan, so I enjoyed it. Um I don't know if I, I I probably I've only listened through it once, like you know, front to back once. There are some songs that I keep going back to, like way too sexy, that's a banger. There's obviously going to be great tracks on there. It's a Drake album. But um, yeah. I, I, I thought Scorpion was better. I thought the last few albums oh. were better. I think, honestly, like, in his discography, based off first listen alone, obviously I got to give it more time. Like, it's True. down there. But like I said, I'm a Drake fan. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. But as a body of work, as a project, it was sequenced really well. Like, each song led into the next really well. But... Um, like like you said, man, it's like we know what we're gonna get. I wanted him to give us something that was like kind of somewhat different, but I feel like it's gonna grow on me as I listen more times. Even though I still don't think it's gonna eclipse some of those projects. Like I think More Life is a better project. Um, Scorpion. Mm, more life. Whoa. Scorpion is better. Whoa. <laughs> you got More Life over it. So he got this toward the bottom then. Yeah, it's it's down there for sure. But Whoa. I mean. We can go back to 2000, from 2009 to now, 
Yeah. And we can pick out a song that had a moment for us in Drake's discography from 2009 to now. So I'm not about to sit here and act like I'm, oh man, uh, certified lover boy, this and that. Like, nah, it's a Drake album. That's cool. We got a Drake album. I'm happy. But like, you know, I'm not going to put it above uh, most of his discography. And that's uh, the conversation a lot of people had this weekend of, we know what we're going to get with Drake. Like Drake has a formula at this point. He knows what people want to hear. He's going to give us singy Drake. He's going to give us vibey Drake. He's going to give us going at niggas next, rapping Drake. Like we know what we're going to get. And that's why the conversation was what was better between Donda and CLB. A lot of people have picked Certified Lover Boy, but it's like Kanye shit was so different production-wise. It was so different from whatever he does. Well, while Drake shit was more of the same. So it's like, when you look at what was better, it was like, damn, are we going to go with somebody whose stuff was different and good or somebody who just gave us something that we knew what we were going to get? I had Donda clear easily. Like it wasn't, it wasn't particularly close because the thing about Donda was like, there were some tracks on there I didn't like as much as the others, but there were other songs on there that made me sit back, collect myself, and have to think about my place in the world. Like where, like where am I? Like, that's how that's how the first listen for that project was. Like that Jesus Lord track was insane. Uh, the sounds were insane. The vocals were insane on some of those tracks. So like I, I don't think Certified Lover Boy had any of those tracks where I had to sit back and gather myself. But of course, I still enjoyed both projects. I'm gonna still listen to both projects. The fact that Kanye. Uh, dropped almost two hours worth of music and it didn't get stale throughout that listen was like yeah that's hard as hell bro (laughs) that that is difficult as hell and you rocking with clb over donda yeah like like sean said i i listened to both i told you i gave donda a seven and i'm giving certified level boy an eight and a half uh i give donda a seven just because if kanye didn't label this as a rap album I probably would have gave it like an eight, but I get on there. I know I'm going to get some type of churchy shit from Kanye. I, I know it. I was expecting it. But you can't label your album a rap slash hip hop album. And 90% of this album, I'm I'm really just hearing a lot of great production. I'm hearing a lot of great vocals. I'm not really, and I'm getting like this much, like actual bars, like each song. Mm-hmm. You're only getting like that much. And then the rest of the song is just vibes. So it's like, how am I really going to rate this as a rap album if I ain't really getting that much rap? And I got more rap from the featured artist than I did from Kanye. So I really can't gauge you on a rap scale <laughs> at that point. So if he didn't label this as a rap album, I would have ranked it higher. As an album as a whole, yeah, it was it was good. I give it a seven. But you you labeled it a rap album when it clearly wasn't, as opposed to Drake, where it's like, yeah, he gonna sing, he gonna vibe, but he's rapping. Like you're hearing him at least seventy five percent of the album. And this is the this is what I usually go by when I go to to grading or which album was better, which one had more replay value. Like which album are you gonna go to? Like yeah, this one has way more things. I'm gonna go back and listen to. Is it gonna be the Drake one? Is it gonna be the Donda one? I haven't listened to Donna, so I really can't get my piece on that. But what do you guys think? I'm definitely going to go back to CLB. To to listen, to play in the car, to play when I'm around people, you're doing that with CLB. Yeah, it's all situational. So Drake's album being shorter helps because if I have to hop in the car and go somewhere, if I don't have a long drive, I'm not going to play 
a two hour long album. So Kanye's album kind of shoots itself in the foot um, with that. But though, there are some tracks on there that I'm gonna go to a lot that I'll continue to go to a lot and that I like more than anything on Certified Lover Boy. Even though like, you know, if we're talking about listening through the whole project uh, just on a whim, like, yeah, Certified Lover But at the same time, like an album like To Pimp a Butterfly, I don't go to every week, but it's still mm-hmm. like my favorite album of all time for sure. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's all great situations, you feel. All right, man, and let's move forward past the ox, man. What y'all boys got for song of the week? Uh, I got the remorse. The remorse is my favorite song off CLB. So that's my song of the week. It's between Poppy's Home and Get Along Better. Mm, I'm going to slide with that Poppy's Home. That shit go crazy. <laughs> that Poppy's Home go crazy, boy. All right, Sean. Man, like I did, I didn't expect to be picking a song, but I'm gonna just go off like what I listened to this morning. Uh, when I woke up, the second or I guess the second track I played today was uh, "Wave Files" by Lupe Fiasco. That track is hard. Like that track is fire. Um, "Real" by Lupe Fiasco too. I played those back to back. Those are fire. Um, I just I guess they're both just grooves, man. They both fire. Mm-hmm. Lupe. It's Gold funny because. A lot of people don't know how good Lupe is. I feel like middle school, if you were like listening to Lupe in middle school, you really know how good he is. But I feel like he high key gets forgotten when people think of like the greatest rappers of all time. Like Lupe is up there, bro. He's up. But I feel like he just gets forgotten, bro, because he was like in that middle school range where it's like, bro, Lupe's got it, bro. That nigga's there. I got lucky because I had NBA Live 07 growing up. So like Kick Push was on that soundtrack. And video games were how I got exposed to a lot of music, especially playing sports games. So like you got exposed to a lot of artists who I otherwise wouldn't listen to. Nowadays, like looking at hip hop, like I do trying to break everything down to like the nitty gritty. Like, yeah, I listen to a lot of Lupe. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going through the projects I haven't listened to yet and, and just enjoying those with, with the mind I have now. It, it's, it's mad cool. Yeah, Lupe one of the greatest, bro, for sure. Cause we we had that conversation of like Mount Mount Rushmore's of like uh the 2000s and Mount Rushmore's of the 2010s, and I brought up Lupe's name. Like I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said Lupe of the 2010s or late 2000s. Like they put Lupe in there, I wouldn't be mad because he's up there for sure. Like when you talk about the Kendricks, like bro, it's not crazy to say Lupe right there or Lupe in front of him. It's not that crazy. Lupe one of the top five lyricists of all time. Like exactly. Like from the top five wordplay, bro. I'm telling you, Lupe up there, bro. Lupe is up there, bro. If you don't want to press play, bro, grab a grab a sheet and print the lyrics out, my guy. They're ridiculous. Like I'm not saying he's not raw. Lupe is definitely raw, but top five because he does. Lupe is up there. Else in the game does five done. Like just his style of lyricism is so specific and unique to him. Nobody has ever sounded like your, him. Your and argument it, is strong. And like, I just don't know about five. Bars, like, from a four, like the, um, on I Got You off of uh, Food and Liquor. That whole yeah. run he went on, uh, talking about, like, soap. Let me read this off, bro. Let me read this off. And this ain't even, like, one of his absolute best, um, nah, it ain't. you know, break Food and Liquor. That's definitely his best one. Yeah, hold up. Let me find this. Okay. Okay. He says, welcome all of y'all to my dark recesses. This is where I keep the bars like bathtub eschens. 
My ivories and my doves, my levers and my zests. It takes half of your bubble bath to match the freshness. And then he finished, he eventually finishes the, the whole run with fudge with it, get a mouthful of soap. So it's like just the double entendres, the wordplay, everything he does, like yeah, yeah. And for all of it, <laughs> and then this dude did that on a Neptune's beat. Like, come on, man. Come if on, I man. I I just you could put Lupe top 10 for me, but top five. I get, it. I, I get what you're saying. During the 2000s, bro, Lupe had it, bro. Like I said, during middle school, I mean, Lupe I mean, was during, that guy. During that time, during that time, I Lupe won't say was that, that guy. You, you, you can make that argument. So, but sometimes some wiggle room, you feel like, just to like give space for other people. I'm talking lyricists, like lyricists. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> lyricists, like I still don't know about top five. Like lyricists, nobody in this millennium. Like nobody who come out in this millennium besides maybe Kendrick touching Lupe as far as lyrics. That's what I said, bro. That's what I said. Like, bro, that's what I told you. When people say Kendrick and Lupe, it's like, bro, you could how can you put Lupe above Kendrick? Because he was before him. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, go and listen to Lupe, bro. Go and listen to Lupe shit, bro. That skill (laughs) go through all of this pro like, bro. I still have projects to go through, bro. Like, I still have stuff I gotta listen to. It do. Has done some lyricism. I fully, I fully agree, bro. I fully agree. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Yeah, yeah. My 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 top five, like top five. I got Wayne up there. I got M up there. I got see Eminem ain't my Jay. style of rapper though, bro. Yeah, he ain't yeah. my style of rapper either. But his lyricism is crazy. Nah, like I the dude, that. he's one of the best freestylers I've ever heard. When it comes to real deal, off of the dome, like I'm not gonna write shit. You, I'm gonna walk in this room. I'm really just gonna spit. Eminem up there, Jada Kiss. Uh, who else? Um, who else? Andre 3000. Like, bro, top five. That's tough, bro. Y'all, that's y'all crazy. not make y'all are making a good argument, but damn, no, it's definitely tough as hell. But he's in that conversation. That's the point. He's in that conversation, though, bro. And a lot of people don't talk about him in that conversation when he needs to be talked about more, bro. Like, he doesn't get enough flowers, bro. The touch the sky verse alone as a coming out party, oh, like oh, just yeah. on that one alone, like oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was hard. That was hard. <laughs> that was definitely hard for sure. We were talking about Eminem though, like man, like my favorite things about like his older tracks are just like you know the, just the silliness of the storytelling and how he'll do like all the little cartoon voices in the background and just like everything flows like that. That yeah. that that's the far part of like his stuff. Like on um. To for my last point, like on Detroit too, on um, Big Sean's album that he dropped, he he did that uh Detroit cipher. Everybody like the hottest names in Detroit all got on that cipher. He saved M for last. Everybody got on there and did they best. But it's something about M, bro. It's like M just put everybody to shame, and I feel like he really wasn't trying to even go that hard. He was just vibing, and it was still like, bro. Somebody could be going their absolute hardest with their lyrics, and Eminem could just vibe, and he'll still go like ten times harder than. Oh no, he 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 wanted to go. Sure, he He just ain't my he yeah he just ain't my cup of tea. When when it comes to making songs and hits, you can look at him like, um. But if you're just really like breaking down like who got best lyrics, like who can make bars for real, Em is up there. Yeah, everybody else, everybody got their own unique style. You feel like nobody's rapping like Eminem, nobody's rapping like Lupe, nobody's rapping like Three Stacks, so. It's a lot of guys that can be considered up there. So it's like no none of it is like you know crazy, like crazy hot take to say, you feel like all of it makes sense. 
All right, man, we have reached the end of the show. Before we get out of here, Sean, I want you to hit them with the social media, man. Hit them with your socials. Once again, I'm going to hit y'all with the social media. Uh, on Twitter, I am Sean underscore Humphrey2. That's S-H-A-W-N underscore H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y and then the number two. Like, <laughs> so that's that. Uh, on IG, is Sean Humphrey2 with no underscore. Um, I only got one post on there, but if y'all feel like following me, like, cool, you know. <laughs> I talk with people. I vibe with people. Like I don't have problems. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm active on there. Just if, even if I'm tweeting random stuff, and I will be tweeting in anger um, during this game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, man. So y'all gonna start hearing a lot more, Sean. Man, we're gonna add this man to the media network. I like the young boy, man. He got some takes, man. He passionate. We're gonna fuck with him moving forward. Uh, he's gonna come up with his own uh podcast. He's gonna have uh write articles on the site, man. So definitely look out for him. And we appreciate you coming on, my brother. Uh spending three hours out your day. I know this shit went a little long today, but yeah, yeah we appreciate I'm you coming on. I'm yes, sir. That's a bet. All right, Edgar, before we get out of here, hit him with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at QANDE Podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube at Q and Sign E Podcast. And our Gmail is QANDE Podcast at gmail.com. And subscribe to all of our podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Subscribe to our YouTube, Q and Sign E Podcast, and subscribe to my YouTube. Just type in Quincy Hicks into the search bar and definitely subscribe. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace.